and ride with me in my foul life. What's up, everybody? It's part two of my conversation with Joel Clayfish talking about the road, the loneliness, hunting, hunting camp, how awesome it is, the highs and the lows, the ups and the downs, the Evans flows of being away from your family and missing them, sacrificing. Thank God for FaceTime. Thank God for Skype. If it wasn't for that, we don't know what we do because sometimes we're on the road for up to 30 days at a time. It's not a pity party. It's talking about the road life and on top of that social media and critics and how everybody is a a a critic today and a know-it-all and an expert and where did this come from and what are we really looking for in the hunt and how much does it does social media play a role in the way we set up our pictures and the way that we want to control the hunt that day do we stop and get videos of everything are we trying to show somebody that we are the world's greatest hunter what are we really doing by trying to drive likes all the time and we're victims of it too this social media game will It'll chew you up and spit you out. We talk about that on today's episode. We talk about a couple different uh, mindsets of what it takes to be successful and not let that loneliness or that darkness get to you when you're traveling. This life ain't for everybody. There's another podcast series that we have and another brand we have. And this life isn't for everybody. It truly ain't for everybody to be on the road for long periods of times. And I, I love waterfowl hunting. I love meeting all the new people on the road and seeing new friends, old friends, eating the meals, having the parties, going to concerts being in duck camp and goose camp and turkey camp or at the nwtf convention or the sci national convention but the road life takes a lot of sacrifice and that's what joel and i are talking about today's episode again is brought to you by our friends at sig sour protect your homes protect your families please get involved with sig sour check them out at SigSour.com. go visit them check out the sig sour experience become more confident with your firearm and understand your way around that gun to make sure that if it goes down that you know what What's going to happen? You got your breathing down. You know your sights. You know your sight picture. You know exactly how to grip that gun and hold that gun in your arms and everything that goes in to making sure that if if something does happen, that you're proficient with that that firearm with that handgun and you can protect yourself, protect your family, protect your kids, protect your home. I truly believe in Sig Sauer. They believe in us. And for that, I am so gracious and thankful to Sig Sauer for supporting the American hunter, the American outdoors man, the American outdoors woman, the provider, the gatherer. So please support Sig Sauer. Support the brands that support hunting companies and the hunting culture. Today's episode of the Foul Life Podcast is also brought to you by my good friends in Napa, California, the Particelli family. Family. Thank you so much to Stefano and Jules and Dante and Ray Ray, the entire family, what they do for us, the olive oil they're producing, their store. Go visit it sometime. Cook with this oil. Get some of their other products. Absolutely next level when it comes to flavor and performance. Napa Valley Olive Oil, the official olive oil of the Foul Life podcast and the Foul Life TV. Thank you guys so much for supporting Napa Valley Olive Oil. Today's episode of the Foul Life Podcast is also brought to you by our good friends at Gator Tail, Louisiana, Cajun Country. Kyle Broussard and crew down there were getting ready to head that way and shoot with them, to hunt with them, chase ducks down there, fish with them, crab with them, cook gumbo and etouffee with them. It's on. It's Cajun style. It's Gator Tail, the motors, the boats, second to none. You gotta, you guys got to get this rig. 
ever since we started riding them, I don't know how many we've sold, but we sell a lot of them because as soon as people see them or ride in them, they fall in love with them. It's Gator Tail. It's the official boat and motor of the Foul Life Podcast and the Foul Life TV. I can't wait to get to Louisiana. Today's episode of the Foul Life Podcast is brought to you by our friends. I'm telling you, you guys got to check out the new Max 7 pattern by Realtree. We're wearing it. It's on our banded waders. It's on our jackets. It's on our hats. It's on our beanies. Check out Max 7. They've taken Max 5 to the next level, which they had already taken Max 4 to the next level. They continue to innovate. They continue to get better at concealing the everyday waterfowl hunter. Thank you to Realtree. Family, friends in the outdoors, the Jordan family, Tyler, his dad, Bill, everybody down there. Thank you, Realtree, for being the official camouflage of the Foul Life podcast and the Foul Life TV. I'm Chad Belding. I hope you enjoy this part two of my conversation about the road life with my good friend, Joel Clayfish. Talk to you guys soon. We're back. The Foul Life podcast, like we promised part two of our conversation. I think we ended it with individuality. We talked about the emotional part of hunting, anxiety on the road, depression, darkness, loneliness, um, mind tricks, playing games with your mind, playing tricks on yourself, your mind playing tricks on you like Willie D and Bushwick Bill and Scarface rapped about with the Ghetto Boys. Dun, 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 dun. Remember that one? My mind's playing tricks on me. One I of the do. best ever. I sit alone in my four-corner bedroom staring at windows. Dun, 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 dun. Go get that one. God, that was a good album by the Ghetto Boys, Fifth Ward, Houston, Texas. But I honestly think, Joel, that we lose our individuality. We have this mindset that once we get a girl, once we get a guy for a girl, that everything's got to be around them. And I guess it's natural. And we start to lose what got us to that point of getting us that person or that made us attractive to that person. Or we have kids and I get it. We got to be great parents. First and foremost, we got to raise our families to the best of our ability and provide for them. But I still feel that if you have, you have girls are done having kids by the time they're, I think scientifically, medically, they want to be somewhere around 35. You want to be done with motherhood. And I know that you can still have them later into your, into your life, but you have a lot of life left after that. You have kids, a lot of people lose their individuality. And then it's almost like an image thing that people are looked at as like we talked about in the part one of hunting all the time or working all the time that it's greedy that if you're still trying to be an individual and be doing what you were put on earth to do. And not giving 100% of your attention to your kids or your family or your girlfriend or your wife. That's where we're at today. That's what we're starting with. And I think that individuality is important. Yeah, but isn't that the basic of, basis of life is balance? And I think, I, think we're, I think what you hit on where people often go off the rails is that they start living vicariously through their children. Now, I agree 100%. I love my children more than life itself. I'd lay on a train track in a heartbeat to save their lives. Uh, I'd do anything. I'd give up anything in the world, including my own life for my children in a heartbeat. I agree. I think it's a massive mistake when people start to live vicariously through their children, where their children's successes become the definition and the measurement whereby they measured their own successes. I agree hundred percent. Like the, um, like the typical little league dad that thinks his kid's the next Hank Aaron. And they just yell at the umpire and the coaches and they're so into it about, well, I can't believe it. You right. Be, because you know, the dad never was the next, the dad Hank never Aaron. got to the next level. If you find a guy or a dad that made it to the next level, you don't see them acting out like that to where they make it about them. 
they take what's going on with their kid's life and they make it about them and get the attention on them, whether it's through the umpire or a coach or yelling at another parent or yelling at their kid through the fence to play better and perform better. Like that's going to make them better to get yelled. I've seen it all the time in youth athletics. It's, it's, it's crazy to see how some parents force that will on the kid. And I'm just like, man, maybe they're not into it like you want them to be. Maybe the pressure you're putting on them is making them resent you and resent the game. And they're done by the time they turn 16. It's very similar to when a parent's try to become their children's best friend versus a parent. So you've got a mom or a dad who, when, when the kids come over from high school, the mom or dad wants to be in the group thought of as cool. And, oh yeah, they're living a life that maybe they didn't have, or maybe they wish they had now. And the best parents are not the ones who are the best friends with their children. And, that, and I was just going to say that it's weird when parents say, oh, my son or my daughter is my best friend. No, they're not. It's not supposed to be. They that shouldn't way. be. They shouldn't be. No, they should be the people in your life you love the most next to your spouse. Yeah. They should be that for sure. But loving a child means you're going to have to make decisions for them and decisions that affect them that sometimes they're going to be awfully pissed off at you about. And you know what? Best friends can't do that. So you're putting yourself that. in a situation where you are not able to to be the best parent you are if you're living vicariously through if, your if children. You're, if you're living vicariously through them, you can't put yourself in the best position to be a good parent. Mentor, in, you know, influence, inspiration, all that stuff, right? No question. You just can't do it. And I think what you're trying to say or what, what you're saying is and, and where it comes full circle is I think that something that's very important in everybody's life is that they maintain their own sense of individuality, which is their own set of goals. When a parent's goal, when a parent's goals, when a person's goals become what their children's goals are, that's when it goes askew. 100%. And if you are a hunter, if you are, I don't care if you're a hunter or if your thing is model trains, you know, HO scale model trains or playing music or being a part of a, 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 an adult band yourself. If you have that, I, in fact, I'm going to go so far as to say if you hunt and take part in the outdoors and conservation, and that's uh, something you love and something you get relief from anxiety about, I'm going to go ahead and say that's going to make you a better parent because you are not relying on that child's what you perceive as success or failure to grant your own success or failure. But do you have to be so... You have to be so gone so long all the time. That's what I get out of my life is that I am a great dad. I know I am. I know my relationship with my daughter. We're tight, right? We look, we have a great time. We look yeah, forward to I heard you on the phone times. with her today. It was darling. Great, great friendship to talk that way, right? Um, she's, she's 11 years old. She'll be 12 New Year's Eve. And Alyssa's like my world. I would never say she's my best friend. She has best friends that she runs around with. They're 11 and 12 year old girls. Right. Right. Um, That's the way Jack. Come here. We got to get Jack in here. Oh, he's got his. He's got a microphone. Eli. Mic'd up. We come check this audio, please. I'll check myself. No, let Eli check it. You got bad hearing. Check yourself before you already checked me before this. I like. I just wanted Eli to come here. Eli, you're wearing Wrangler. You got a Wrangler butt going on. <laughs> that was weird. 
Jack sound okay? Weird. You know, I sound Jack, good, you have, you're in kind of a new relationship. Two, three months, three months? Three months. You love what you do for a living. <laughs> yep. You individually made a decision to leave your birthplace of Chicago, Illinois suburbs and move pretty much across the country to northern Nevada, Reno, Tahoe to take a job on a whim of meeting me for a couple of days and you accepted the job. I can see why you're, you're, you're only human, but, um, oh my gosh. <laughs> all right, I'm done. I'm very um, glad he laughed after that. What, like, talk to me about the discussions you had about being this man that's obsessed with hunting and filming hunting and work and succeeding and laying down a body of work. When you have to say, all right, we've been dating for two and a half, three months. We're digging each other. I think you guys made it Facebook official, did they, Eli? No, we don't make it. I just posted a picture. Of oh her yeah, on she po- you posted a picture and everybody. That's knew. the same same net same effect. Same thing. Same net effect on the gram. Did you have to have talks with her? Like, look, I'm leaving. Yeah. I think you might be upset because I'm not just leaving. I'm going to be gone for thirty days at a time. Did you have to have these talks? Yeah, I I had to had this before we ever actually got into a relationship, and I tried to like. As we were first hanging out, I tried to kind of make that a thing known of what I do and how much I travel. And then I said, if we're going to make this work, you have to know. And then I gave her my schedule. I'm like, look, these are the days I'm gone. I'm going to be gone for like two and a half months at one point. So I said, you have to be okay with that. And she straight up, like, did she take time to think about it? Or was she like, oh, no, no problem. No problem. She took a little time, but it wasn't like, no, it wasn't super long. If she just said like no problem instantly right away, I'd be you know it's worried. a problem. It's a problem if they say yeah, it instantly. I'd be worried. Yeah, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't instant. Didn't take. Have you felt any tension or friction being gone for the last ten days and not seeing her and talking and minimally minimal conversation or, or communication? No. With her? Nothing. No friction. No. You talk She's to easy her? going. Yeah, I talk to her. I call her like once or twice a day. Not too long though. Do you miss her? like you thought you would do you miss her less than you thought you would or is it kind of like that's eh, kind of cool she's easy going and i'm good i'm good with the way it is right now or are you like i would do anything to be able to fly her into the closest airport and see her for a couple hours uh geez that's a tough question i've never i should like i've never been in a relationship and had to travel a distance for this long before so it's kind of new to me i didn't know what to expect i miss her but like i don't need to fly her in here to goose camp even though you're going to be gone for another 10 days yeah more than that i don't need to no that's so do you do you believe in the the um what is what is anticipation is that considered a energy or a feeling or what what is emotion Okay, do you believe in the emotion of anticipation? Do you live highly on anticipation? I don't know what you exactly. Like, do you do you work hard every day knowing how awesome it's going to be to get back to her? Like, does she complete you in that manner? Like, <laughs> I'm working my ass off every day, and, and I'm highly anticipating my return to my loved one, my lover, <laughs> my my, bake, tough ass my baker of cupcakes. Does she bake you cupcakes? No, she is a baker. She is a baker. Wow. She's like the, the cake boss, the fondant. She wraps the cake with the fondant. <laughs> Sonny. Her I buddy. Mean, yeah, it's nice to get back to her. 
You think it will be nice? Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Okay, so the individuality part that we've been discussing, I know you've overheard some of it. Do you believe in that, that you have to keep your individuality and keep pushing for what you were put on earth to do? Or do you see you getting so wrapped up in an individual that you sacrifice a career, friendships, that kind of deal? Because it happens all the time in life. With love, it does. It's a tightrope. It's not easy decisions. And I think if the other person loves you back, they'll give you that freedom. So I think you got to have that choice to really just follow your dreams and not just be attached. What do you mean loves you back? Have you told this young lady that you love her? Yes. In two and a half months? I've known her for a while now. And you love her like you would take a bullet for this girl. Yeah. Really? You pause there for a little bit. She's cool. Yeah. She's a good girl. (laughs) You, but no problem. You'll step right in front of her at the Alamo and eat one. The Alamo, yeah. You would? Yeah. You'd be like, stop it. And just step right in front of her. Yep. You would wear one. You'd just eat one. Just eat it. Wow. Sounds like love to me. So individually though, you're set that this is your career and I'm not going to get that text of like, Hey, we need to talk. No, I'm, I'm going back to college to learn how to make fondant. <laughs> I'm going into the family biz. I just like the fact that you're pronouncing it fondant like that. I know that's what fondant. it's called. Yeah. What fondant. do you pronounce it? It's fondant. That's what I call it. I know. Well, I'm a master of baking. <laughs> <laughs> what? You don't think it's called fondant? No. You're a master baker. <laughs> Yeah, I made you laugh. And a debater, and I'm a master at debating and baking. Eli, don't shake your head at me. A master baker. All I'm saying is that I don't want to get that text of I've invested a lot in you, and Joel and I are on this this we we live the hunting road life, and it could become tough on a young relationship. And I'm just, I don't want you to get stuck in that position to where you have to make the decision between a young filly and your career. It's not that hard to me because I've been kind of doing this road life for the past three years, four years now. I mean, not to the extent that we do it here at Fowl Life, but traveling all through Wisconsin and central southern Illinois for duck season and goose season. It's... It's obviously more extreme here, but it's not much tougher to me. At all? No. This is what I love to do. Film birds. Does she have any issue with you at all of killing animals? No. Nothing at all? No, she would just, if I would like, she would just hate it if I did it in a disrespectful, non-ethical manner. Which is completely under, which is like, just like anyone else. The exact opposite of what we do. We don't do that. Yeah, so... That, that's the only she doesn't care about killing animals or harvesting them if i did it unethically or was disrespectful about it she would definitely have a problem all right so i think we got that cleared up then about jack and individuality and young love and a new city he's strange to it i think that he's kind of set that he's not going to give up his career for a young lad, young Philly, the young buck, no, the young bull. That's what she is. She's, that's what you nickname her, the bull. She's the bull. Cause she's got a stud going through her nose. 
<laughs> She's got, not the stud. What is it? It's like a horseshoe. It's a septum. Septum piercing. Eli, a booger swing. A burger. A, a booger swing. Septum piercing. What is it? Like a loop that goes right through the middle part of your yeah, nose? It's like the U. It's oh like the upside God, down that just U. makes me hurt. Ugh. That's that's what I call them, booger swings. It's hot. Ugh. Swear on your life, you think that's Swear hot? On my life. Oh God. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Chad's like, couldn't be me. No, I'm just wondering what it is. I don't think I've ever seen one I don't in person. Know what it is either. I don't think I've ever seen one in person except on a. Remember that guy we just saw the other day? Insane clown posse. I've been Eli's, to one of those Eli's shows. Our Google researcher. Oh no, that's a horseshoe going through her nose. That's not hot. Oh yeah, that's hot. Yeah. I think it is. Oh, man. Booger swing. <laughs> booger swing. I can't. Every time I see a nose piercing, I just think a booger stuck to the other side of it. Every time. Even like I've seen the little the little diamonds right here. And like is as <laughs> unassuming the as they are. They're not bad. That little stud thing. But that right there. Like that. How do you blow your nose? It'd be all over the metal. You know what? <laughs> I give a shit That's what that. I mean. Here's my theory on it. Here's <laughs> my theory. Joel. This is Joel Clayfish's theory of nose piercings. It is my theory on nose piercings and no, no offense to anyone who has one. You, you have your body. You can put tattoos or piercings on it if you'd like, but here's the point. You can take the most attractive, most beautiful woman in the world. You can take the most perfectly symmetrical, high cheekbone, full lips, beautiful face in the entire world. What is the least attractive part of the most beautiful face of every face in the whole world is the nose. Okay. Eyes are beautiful. Cheeks, cheekbones, beautiful lips, Lips. beautiful eyes. Just, you know, eyes captivate the whole face. The, the least attractive part of even the most beautiful thing in the world is the nose, the human nose, the schnoz. The schnozzalise. So why does anybody mess with it more and make it put ugly. something Attention on the on nose it. that draws your eyesight to the nose, the least apart, uh, attractive part of the I, face? I've seen some girls like Anna's got a beautiful cheekbone and eye and I like her profile of her nose, well, but I couldn't, I could not handle it if there was metal in it. Like that would drive me nuts. That that's what I'm saying. Even the most beautiful... other piercings, though. What about other body parts being pierced besides the ears? Like if you do these, that, what are these called? I don't know what they're called. <laughs> Nipples. Oh, I don't. <laughs> that's dr- that would wear me out. Like that's like ugh. I. The tongue ring. What about the tongue ring? I don't like understand. you get food in that thing. I don't understand. Piercings. Does she have a tongue ring? No. Okay, and then that gross one that every girl did at one time is the belly button ring. All that stuff going in your belly button and then getting caught up in there like, ooh, like that's gross to me, right? (laughs) I don't think the belly button's weird. Am I getting old? Yeah, you are. I'm 47. But like dirt, tonight dirt, dirt had his nose pierced. And I, honest to God, I, I saw his nose piercing tonight and I thought to myself, Oh, his handkerchief is just oh, like painful, painful walking through the cornrows and having like a piece of a cob of corn on a standing cornrow (laughs) while you're guiding get caught in that and rip against your nose. That's the first thing I thought of is if you're goose hunting with a nose ring and something gets caught on it while you're hunting. Ooh, like I thought him walking through and all of a sudden you have a corn stalk or Or what if she was what if she was down getting stuff out of Jack's camera case. 
or a blind bag, you know, like a battery bag, and you accidentally got too close with the mojo pick 'em stick. And it went, <laughs> 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 it's just left. Her head just and her head just her head looks like a bash. Bam! Get stuck to the pick'em stick. Oh, man. To other magnets. Do not approach magnets while wearing booger swings. Do the they do those piercings come with a warning? Well, like I wonder that? if you ever like. Yeah, I don't know. That would be. I don't know. That'd be tough. That'd Aren't be tough. some of them magnetized themselves? Like some of the the piercings have got magnets. How do you know this? Know enough. I don't know enough about that. Okay, so straight up, though, you're telling us on this public forum that you are a fan of a no septum on a female. Like, when you met her, you're like, holy jeez, that's Some what I've been looking for my whole off. life. Yeah. Some girls can pull it off, yes. Can she, Eli? You've seen her in person. Can... No, can his girlfriend pull it off? Okay. I think that is partly generational. 100% generational. I really do. Like hmm. I said, I have no problem with what people do. None, zero. Don't care. But I just don't. Un- I I fail to understand why someone wants to make your eye drawn to the potentially least attractive part of even the prettiest or most handsome face. That's a good point. That is a good point. Like, why would you? bring attention to the schnauz we are in a duck hunt. we're on a duck hunting podcast and we're, we're talking about individuality and living in the duck hunting business and having to travel a lot to build a brand that's what started this so thinking about ducks and we're on the we're on the uh the the topic of girls and no septums and girlfriends and individuality when did it become when did it become kosher or mandatory for girls to take a picture with duck lips now that we're on a duck hunting pockets <laughs> oh man every girl's my 16 year old girl does that all the what time. is it what are duck lips show me duck lips eli do your duck pose your duck lip pose do one they got that beak looking they call it duck lips but when did they it call become, it duck when lips. did it be when i was in high school in 2011 this was not a thing no i wasn't in high school in 2011 what does that mean oh instagram Social yeah, media, Facebook, social media. You can say something, Eli. Eli says he doesn't like being on podcasts, but Facebook. he's been on this one the whole time. He just pointed to his phone, meaning that means social media. But when did it become somewhere? Every time you see a picture, I'm sure a model or an actress or somebody did it, and then Kim Kardashian, maybe trendsetter, maybe. trailblazer. Okay, An answer me this riddle, Batman. Answer An me this riddle, Batman. If young man, I'm looking at you, Jack. Yep. If you look at a profile of a woman, I was told this by a guide, a duck hunting guide in the blind last year said, if a girl takes, if her profile is full of selfies, she's crazy. Is this a thing in the, in the young lives of dating? Like when you go on and you look at a girl and you like, I I assume that you guys like go onto an Instagram account and check out a girl when you meet one. Like that's the big biggest way or, or what well, you guys are on Tinder or whatever it's called. I've never had a dating app, but you guys have been on Tinder where you build a profile and then you go to a new city and you put in a radius like, Hey, I'm in little rock and you couldn't get a date that night. It's the craziest shit in the world. You used to have to go to a bar. Now you just have to hit a button and it's like zoom, zoom, zoom. swipe, right? Swipe, right. 
but when did it become a thing of selfies? And do you look at that of like, if they are always just taking pictures of themselves, is that crazy? A sign of craziness? Yeah, that is to me a hundred percent. Why? Cause then they're just way too obsessed with themselves. Narcissistic. Yeah. If they're posting just like pictures, like them posing with their friends and doing stuff, that's fair. But if they're just taking selfies of themselves the whole time, what if all of this, what if that. all the pictures are duck lips? As of Waterfowl Hunter, does that make you? Does that make you like, ooh, duck lips? I love. It almost looks ducks. like a taxidermy page. No, duck lips. Duck <laughs> lips have gone pretty ducks. out of style recently. Am I right, Eli? Duck They're out of style. Duck gone. lips are pretty gone. Do it, does any girl smile with her teeth showing anymore? Because that used to be a big thing for me. Is that if a girl had a bad, a, a messed up grill, I'm gone. <laughs> yeah, I'm gone. I mean that's fair. But a lot of girls don't smile with their mouth open. Soft smile. They, they duck lip it. I don't know. I don't get it. If someone, yeah, if she's got duck lips all over her page, I'm probably not talking to her. Okay, let me ask you this about the dating world as a duck hunter. Filters. There's a lot of cheating going on on these pictures. And when you can edit something to make your skin look awesome. And I mean, you could take out everything. With just a swipe of a filter, you can make it, you can look hot. All right. Like, do you get, is it called getting catfished? Have you guys yeah. ran across catfished where like you saw fil- these pictures and you're like, oh, this is legit. And then you go on that first date and you're like, oh shit. You told me you look like Janet Jackson. You got out this truck looking like <laughs> Freddie Jackson. <laughs> what movie? <laughs> Friday. Oh shit. You told me you look like Janet Jackson. You get out the truck looking like Freddie Jackson. That was so awesome. But do you ever like get caught in that position of like surprise because of the way that pictures can and photography can be manipulated? I don't know if I ever have, but mm, I could say, I guess you could say just in general, some people look different in pictures than they do in person. Do you know what I mean by that kind of? I don't know. Well, sure. Everything looks different in three dimension compared to two. Some yeah. people are not photogenic. Right. That's the- some people. Some people have to really de- get in the right angle, the right lighting. And they'll like, I've seen girls and it's mainly girls. I don't know if I've ever seen a guy do it. Don't make, take like seven or eight different pictures. Oh, that ain't right. Do no, that ain't right. Hold it up higher. Do this. Do that. You know, like it's crazy to see. Like how many they'll go out of their light out of their way to get the perfect picture. Like a lot of girls, they have like one side that they strictly pose on. They'll pose on like if they're in a group picture, girls will strictly stick to one side and one pose because like that's their pose or that's how they look photogenic. It's a weird thing. Have you ever, before I move on to the, the duck hunting part of photography, Eli... Take Joel's microphone real quick. I'm going to ask you first. Have you ever been swiping, like not on Tinder, but like Instagram, scanning um, reels or profiles? Jack, you'd be thinking about this question too and said, I'm going for it and slid it, what they call sliding into the DMs. Wait a minute. So the DMs are direct messages and the word that you guys use in your urban dictionary Eli is he's like oh I slid up in her DMs like what what does that mean like what does sliding up into her DMs mean well that's a way of saying 
I have the guts to send a private message to this total stranger, seeing if she read it or if she's going to respond. Have you ever done it, Eli? Have I? A couple times. Ooh, tell me about it. Nothing really ever worked. <laughs> I, mean, so, I, would, I, would, I mean, like, I wouldn't say it didn't work. I mean, like, I would get responses out of it, but, like, friendly stuff. Like, I wasn't, like, actually, like, trying to go anywhere with anything with it. It was just, like, trying to be nice, friendly way. So, your intentions were not to be a friend, were not to be friendly, though. I mean, like, yes and no. Like, I was just, you know, putting a filler out there just to see, but... To see what? Anything could come of it. Not a friendship. I mean, yes and no. So, you're looking for girls to be friends with. You just are out there searching the web for a nice young lady just to have a casual friendship with. No. Hey, you want to be... Like, if it's a friend of mine... Joel, you're shaking your head. Not a chance. Nobody's sliding, nobody sliding into any DMs with the hopes of gaining a buddy. Do you slide into dudes' DMs and be like, hey, no. pal? No. You look like you're having a heck of a year. Hey, partner. Hey, partner. Okay, so Jack, have you done the sliding into DMs? Yes. Really? Yes. Tell us Any more. guy around the age 18 to 25, if they say they haven't, they're fucking lying. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what he says. He said it ends. But what do you mean they're lying? So they're you're, lying. Every guy in the age range of Have you done it sober to where like you're like, oh, I really am gonna just Yeah. Definitely. So has it been a girl in your locale? What's that? Locale. Locale, like where you're at. Like like around Chicago. Oh. Like or was it like you would have to get on a yeah, plane I've to done go it. see it? Yeah, I've done it. Yeah. So you, you I don't do it to random pe- like random girls. Like Oh, it's somebody like you maybe met out. Yeah. I don't oh, well, I don't really do it to random You didn't yeah, get her number. You didn't get her number. You might have ran across her to tailgate party to football game. And you're like, oh, I'm going to search this chick out on Instagram. Um, or please tell me that you don't meet somebody and go, hey, what's your Instagram? Instead of, hey, give me your number. No, no, not like that. That's crazy to me. No. I've seen people do it. Really? Hey, can I get your people snap? People do that Snapchat. Tell me, Snapchat. can I get your snap? People do Snapchat. And then what do they do? So Try people to... communicate via Snapchat instead of text messaging. Them. Why? Because on Snapchat, you can send pictures and you could just text it on it. It is the craziest thing. But it's so impersonal. If you really want to message somebody or be talking to somebody, the old or back in the day in the early 2000s when I was dating or, you know, the late 90s, early 2000s. I guess that's when I really started dating, you know, like try to be a professional baseball player. And before I started my career, I would go on some dates and stuff. You just go up and ask a girl for a phone number. There wasn't no apps. There was no Facebook. There was, there was no, uh, I still never been on Snapchat. I think it's the dumbest thing. I think TikTok is, should be outlawed. It's so stupid that we waste our time watching moms dance with their kids. It's the dumbest shit I've ever seen in my life. Um, (laughs) But there was a there was a time, guys, that you would have to go home and really strategize about the next day and the nervosa that went That's into right. that hallway That's and right. that locker room and that letterman's jacket and that Friday football jersey and that that Thursday baseball and that Saturday doubleheader. I'm definitely asking her out tonight at Shakey's Pizza Parlor. I'm gonna see her, she's gonna be there. I, I I don't know how it's going to go, but I'm going to get the guts up to do this. It was never like, 
a cop out of like, hey, Snapchat, hey, they're just seeing that. That takes no guts. That is, you just hit the nail on the head. Take, there's no work that goes into dating anymore. Back in the right. day, you had to strategize. You, so hard. you had to plan. You had to get your guts up. You had to put obsession uh, cologne on. You had to have your Z Cavaricis on. Like, I look like a freaking professional breakdancer almost every day. And you had to get, you had to have the guts to go up and talk to. I'd wear bugle boys rolled up and pinned at the bottom. Absolutely. Like bugle boys, the baddest ass pants ever made. And then you, I started pegging my pants in like sixth, seventh grade. And I, and it was the cool, it was, you had to have guts. Now you don't even have to like strategize. You're just like, eh, swipe right. It's so weird. It's so different. Social media is the death of interpersonal communication. The death. It's the death of our society. It is society. the death of interpersonal communication. And our com- communities, everything. You don't have to use a personality to get to know somebody, to get them th- to, to the point that they would give you a phone number. It's Snapchat. And my daughter, my 16-year-old daughter, they came. I had a group of her friends, and she were in the, the Arby's or getting a sandwich. And I stood outside, and they walked out, and they were giggling. And one of the girls said to the other did you get did you get a snap did you get a snap did you get a snap do you give your snap out to this girl when you met her at, where'd you meet her on a trail you were Tahoe? hiking uh were you hiking yeah um where, didn't you go on a camping trip by yourself solo that was long way before oh really so you didn't meet this girl at a trailhead uh, no i met her at tahoe on a trailhead hiking yeah, or on a beach hiking by herself or she was with no, friends? No, she was with friends. So tell me how it went. Because this is, this is, Jack's actually pretty ballsy when it comes real. to talking to strangers. This Jack is, doesn't come across as a guy that would ever sneak into DMs or no, roll up No, but he's a very, amb- he's an ambitious person. Yeah, he'll roll up to anybody. He's I've seen an ambitious person. With a whether, you see me at the bars. Whether it embarrasses the hell out of the entire group, he's with or not, he does it. I've seen him do it in Nashville. I've seen him do it in Idaho. I've seen him do it yeah, in California. Yeah, but he, he's got a degree of I've charisma. I've seen him do it in Reno. Right, you gotta have confidence to do charisma. That. Confidence. Like the worst they can say is no. Right? right, a lot of guys don't have that. A lot of dudes are like, I you don't gotta have get her. to have gotta, it anymore. Evidently, I gotta get her DM. I gotta get her snap or whatever you said. Most guys are like that. So how did you do it? She's with people, and you just walked up acting like she had a dog. I started petting the dog, and I basically just called her cute straight up, and then just started. What do you mean called her cute? Hey, cutie. No, not cutie, but. I said Whoa, something about the cute. dog being cute and then oh, her, the dog and then her being cute. And then in front of really... her friends, you're just like, Hey, your dog's cute. It was just one of her friends. Oh, it was just one. Yeah. It was just one. And what, what'd you say to them? I just started petting the dog. I I don't remember. Wait, So you're walking. I was pretty freaking nervous. So you, I like kind of blacked out a little bit. You walked up to them and the dog <laughs> ran at you. No, we just like cross paths basically. On a, trail, path. on a trail and like the dog ran by you and you just leaned down and started yeah. petting him yeah and then you looked at her and said whatever's in your nose has got me turned on you look cute yeah you want a date <laughs> so did you get her number right then yeah i got her number old school and it took like three weeks i think or two weeks of talking until until we hung out did you call her right away no was her friend like what you don't think i'm cute I don't know. I didn't care. Was it the hot chick? Was it the hot chick with the not so hot chick? No, her friend's cute. Oh, really? Yeah. That's a whole other topic. <laughs> to be CB'd. <laughs> you go ugly early. You don't have to worry about that. <laughs> so 
back to the photography part of this conversation. <laughs> oh gosh, we're no, talk- talking, we're talking about that. We're moving into duck hunting. <laughs> Do you guys think that it is ignorant with how much time is taken to set up the right photo of a pile pick now, as opposed to back in the day of seeing our dads and of what they did? I know that we have to build brands, and I know that there's a lot of marketing that goes into this stuff. But as far as setting that photo up, you guys don't print any pictures out, I assume. I do. I print every picture out. You guys know my photo albums. You print pictures out for photo albums or just for frames? Just for frames. Do you guys think that we're going overboard with how we set these pictures up? Not at all. Like the way that we set that picture up yesterday. we I literally went in and took their picture and built it into what I wanted. And then I was standing around going, I wonder if they think I'm an asshole. Cause I really want, I had this view, this, this idea for this photo with the backdrop and the big New York sky and all that. I really wanted that picture, but do we go too far jet of setting up photos for just a kill pick, just a pile pick, I, just memories. Do we I don't really need so? Do be- we, why do, okay, let me, let me finish before you answer. So you answer this part too. Why did we need all 60 geese in that picture? Why didn't we just put like eight of them in there and be fine? Like a couple buddies holding a few geese with the dog. Why did we have to put that pile in there? I think people bust their ass and wait all year for this. And they put a lot of time into it, a lot of money, a lot of passion, a lot of work. So I think they deserve the picture at the end, however you want it, really. As long as you're not disrespecting the birds. A lot of money and effort is put into duck and goose hunting. I don't know. People who don't really hunt that much don't realize it. The amount of money and effort put into it, take your pile picture. So do you think social media, like Joel mentioned, being the downfall of interpersonal communication, do you think it's up the game and making people do better at taking photos? Or do you think it has made us more fake to where we filter everything? We pile the pics to where you the stack is bitter, bigger than it was. We push our deer head and our fish so far forward and sit 10 feet behind it to make it look anatomically so gigantic compared to the person. Why do we want to prove to this? Hey, can you put your foot down, please? Do, why do we want to prove to this audience of strangers that we killed the biggest buck? Why do we get into this whole ego thing and this macho man thing that we got to have the biggest pile, the biggest fish. Are we, I mean, literally, have you seen the way these guys are making these antlers look? I'm like, holy shit, that's a 190. No, that's a 142. No shit. You got a hell of a photographer, <laughs> right? It's like crazy to me. Like, it's why are we doing that? Why are we in our minds with social media now to where everybody knows everybody's business? You made a comment today, Joel, earlier podcast about you used to have to wait to read the paper on Saturday to know about the Friday night football games and the box scores. You used to have to worry about your friend calling you and saying you missed a hell of a party last night, but now you just sit there and scroll in your room and you're grounded and you're like, oh my God, I'm missing the best part of the year because everybody's duck facing it and duck lipping it from the party. Right. Right. With their punch bowl. Right. It's different times. So why do we think we need to impress this audience of strangers? Because that's really what we're doing. We have 120,000 followers on the account. I don't know, maybe 10 of them. Maybe that's an exaggeration. A hundred of them. Why are we spending so much time, Jack and Eli and Joel, 
impressing this audience of strangers. I think one thing is people are naturally competitive. So they want to like show that they're can be a better hunter than others. I don't know. Better. Like we're trying to prove that we're better at hunting that, that we it's can... not even a competition. I think some people make it a competition, especially younger groups. They make it a competition oh. who can kill more birds. It is. There's, and people are just competitive in nature, so that's what it kind of turns out to be, I think. I don't want to put things on the Foul Life TV show that make it fake as opposed to make it as realistic possible. But we have done things to where we've had to build in scenes to entertain. So are we entertaining through our social media accounts? Or are we trying to be better than everybody? Because everybody is living their best life. Nobody goes on, on their, social media. A real, like Michael Waddell posted a badass picture. He killed a subpar elk that would be considered not a trophy elk. And he wrote on there about what it meant to him to harvest that bull. And that it was one of the most exciting hunts. And he's Michael freaking Waddell, right? Ted Nugent will post a picture with two does. He killed two does yesterday. It's pretty badass. He's never like setting up and going, all right, get the angle and push it forward. Like Nugent's like, I don't give a rat's ass. I'm freaking Ted Nugent playing for 110,000 people at Wembley Stadium. He don't care. So why do we? The guys that have been there, done that. The guys that have killed it in life, their whole lives, don't give a shit about this audience of strangers. Why do we? When all When we have not proven shit. Because social media has given everybody the keyboard warrior status. And the guy who posts the picture of the first buck he's ever killed in his life or the first deer he's ever killed in his life, and it's a little forkhorn. He gets the shit get ridiculed out of him. Crap railed out of him. And what does that do? That proves to everybody else in line that you better show the biggest, baddest buck Ever, or you're going to get bullied. Every picture, you're going to get the snot kicked out of you and feel like crap at the end of the day. And social media has also allowed you to comp- Social ma- media is a bragging board. It's a digital bragging board. And it's also made everybody credible. Influencers, ambassadors. Like, I, I, I really want to see you load that gun and shoot it before you try to sell me that holster. The girl shows her belly a little bit. Use my discount code for 20% off this whole. You got no credibility to move the needle with me. I want to see somebody that can actually go in there and skin a buck and bait a hook and fillet a fish and make them freaking salmon patties that I did tonight. 100% my idea of those salmon patties that we made tonight. Those salmon cakes. (laughs) Right, Jack? (laughs) All his idea, right? Yeah. But it's his show. He can have the credit for it. It's all right. Um. We're going to talk about the salmon cakes on our next episode of The Provider Presents the Foul Life Recipe Book. But we're, t- we're impressing a audience of strangers. I want to make sure that everybody understands that. That will never have a real influence on your life. No. Never. And do, we, do these influencers that think they're an influencer because they get a thousand likes on a picture really move the needle? Think about that in the duck hunting world. If you're an influencer... And you're, you're talking to an audience of 18 to 25 year olds. Those people don't, can't even afford to go buy a Benelli. Not yet. 
they're paying college off. They might have daddy's money, but they're working hard to go get an 870 Wingmaster or an 870 Express, which is fine. But really, who are we talking to if you're an influencer and the audience that is that is constantly watching these apps is not a 60-year-old man that's got enough income to go buy a $25,000 Polaris. So what are we doing? Are we saying, well, we're trying to get them ingrained for the future? We're trying to educate them for the future? We're trying to market to them to get them to be fans now, to brand them now? There's so much credibility put into social media now to where people on TikTok that get a thousand views or a million views on a song are getting record deals. They don't even have to go into a bar and sing in front of a live audience. They're, 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 the record companies are telling these, these artists in Nashville on 16th and 17th Avenue and Music Row to go get a viral video going. I've been told this by my friends. No, in it's the a fact. The girl... go, go get a video that's viral. We need you going viral on TikTok. Yeah, it's a fact. The woman who did uh, I Know Victoria's Secret, she, it was just a song she wrote, went on TikTok, and, uh, and now it's one of the hottest songs in the country. You used to have to freaking work your way into that work credibility. Waylon Jennings had to sing in honky-tonks in Texas and follow in the footsteps of Bob Wills. You know, you used to have to come up in the, the real way. Now you win a talent show or you don't even have to go on American Idol anymore. You just become TikTok famous. Is that credible? But that's flash in the pan stuff, though. How do you know? Because there are already people who've become TikTok famous two years ago, and you don't remember their name now. Name one. That's my point. That was a joke. <laughs> but can you guys, do you guys know somebody that was, uh, the guy that sang the Happy Meal, or the the Happy Meal, not the Happy Meal, the Applebee song. Um, Baby Back Ribs? Yeah, no. The guy that did the song that got so famous on TikTok. He's a country singer. Um, I don't TikTok. Uh, Except for Fall No. <laughs> Ryan Hurd is Marin Morris's husband. He's got some pretty good songs. To a T. Um, this one's about Applebee's and the date night. That one yeah, about. I'm talking about Applebee's. That one. That's I don't remember how it goes. With the. Um, Come on. Okay, you guys are proving my point. Guys, I don't listen to country. You're proving my but point. But this you guy, this guy got famous. Yeah. This guy got famous and got record deals out of this. And got to go perform at like halftime shows and shit. But what, he's not going to ever have the staying power of Michael Jackson or Cher or Madonna or do you think that the Rolling people, Stones. Do you think colleagues look at people like that in Nashville? Do you think like Eric Church, and I know that he's humble and he doesn't. Walker Hayes. That song goes viral on TikTok. He's getting put on stages with legitimate country music acts and stars. Okay? He's getting put on levels of, oh my God, this thing's been viral. It's biggest song of the year. Right? It's biggest song of the year, they said. Eric Churchill outright that song any day of the week. But because of TikTok and people dancing to it, this guy gets record deals. That's not a country song. Play a little bit of it, please. How does it go? Come and play it in this microphone, please. It's bad. Isn't it bad? Like, Bob Seger would hear this and roll Like, that's it. That's the one. It's got a groovy little beat to it. Hey. My girl's banging. 
That is not country music. And I don't care. Walker might be a hell of a dude. But that is not country. It's hooky. It's got a hook. Oh, it's very hooky. It's a TikTok song. But it got a national country music acclamation. Acclaim, I guess. Not acclamation. It's called Fancy Light. So, is it cool? Is it okay? Like, is it all right that that's happening? Like, I guess to each their own. And if it goes viral, there's different ways. It's the new way of music and the new way of life now. You know, with with technology, you got to take the good with the bad. And you were talking about earlier pile picks, and we set up the pictures a certain way and make this beautiful picture. So, some of the negative is the competition on making your buck look big or making your pile pick huge to put it on the gram. But some of the positive about it is we talked about it before that life is about experiences and you have one chance to make that memory. And the difference now, the difference with technology now compared to 15 years ago in our dad's pictures, our dad were dads were taking pictures. Every time they pressed that button, they were spending money because that photograph was on film and had to be developed and purchased as a picture. True. Now you can take those pictures over and over and over and click it a thousand times and it costs zero. Just your phone bill every month. Just your phone bill, Unless which you're, you're already gonna paying. Print, you're gonna pay for a printing service to get them printed. Sure, but, but, but then you can have that perfect picture without clicking the button. You can click the button a thousand times and pick the best one. So when you're making that memory, you're making the best memory you can of that experience. And that brings the emotions of that experience back to life for you. I print pictures. I love printed pictures. But even when you look at that photograph on your phone, you are in part reliving it and it's triggering the dopamine in your brain of the experience. And life is about those experiences. So while there is the negative of the social media, now the advancements in technology allow us to have that beautiful picture which is more reminiscent of that memory. Whereas 20 years ago, you didn't click the camera 20 times because all that film had to be developed. You didn't sift through 17 physical pictures to pick the best one. Great point. But we're still using those pictures in a way that our dads didn't. True. We're using them as competition competition, and to give a false reality of what your life really is. Because we're all living our best life on these social media platforms, if you look at most of them. I feel like you are. Uh, right? It's Like Jack posted a picture of him and his girl, and the one you show me is them on a boat, and they're all happy. I don't think you would post a picture of her with Kleenex crying after you guys get in your first big fight. Right. Right? Like, you're not going to do that. No. It's going to be the happy times on the boat. No, you're never going to post sat at home with mom and dad tonight. Like, you're not going to post a picture of her nose, like, boom, onto the pick'em stick. Like that would, that would be embarrassing. You wouldn't put that picture on there, but you'll put the picture of you and her on the boat, right? That's living our best life where the sun's angled just right. And, but do you remember bragging boards? Do you, do you remember when you went into yeah, local bait shop, right the local bait shop, warehouse, yeah, Cabela's yeah. had one. This is just virtual bragging boards. No, that bragging board was more of a community thing where a kid in corduroys and a, and an orange vest 
was the proudest part of that. There was no competition in that bragging board. That bragging board was down-home community. Now, you might say, oh, my gosh, Cecil killed a big-ass deer this year. We got to find out where he hunted. But there wasn't somebody going up there and freaking writing on there, you're a slap. That's the biggest deal. No, that's my point. That's the evolution of the bragging board. That's what's happened to it. It's gone from something that was uh, community-oriented, always happy, positive experience to now where you think you feel as a hunter, you've got to post something that's so impressive that somebody can't possibly nail you to the wall on it. Abuse you like this video right here that we posted of just one. We've been talking recipes for the last 48 hours. Like they're going out of style, right? Right. We have a lot of different recipes that we center in on this certain recipe has 214,000 plays on reels in the, in the last couple of weeks. Okay. It has 120, 102, no, 122 comments. And every single one of them are negative towards my duck recipe. Wow. You don't leave the skin on. You're wasting the duck. That's we saw you boil ducks that, one time. Man. I don't you don't know how to cook. Like who the hell are you to tell me how to point. cook a duck? I don't think you could make the point better than that, right? How there. could you go on there and find any negativity in that video of a great recipe? Oh, you really burnt that. Oh, it's too. How do you know that duck don't taste great? I'm trying to let people have an idea that hey, you can think different. How Not about, every duck has to be cooked the same. So this bra- this this community of keyboard warriors that live in their mom's basement and eat cream cheese because they're whacked out of their mind and they think cream cheese is good, they're <laughs> over there just going, that's the worst shit I've ever seen. You, you got to take the skin. Dude, that's because you kill four ducks a year. We kill thousands of birds a year legally and we eat them all. You think that we got time to skin every duck, to pluck every duck, to pluck every Canada goose we kill? No, we grind up a lot of Canada goose breast and snow goose breast into taco meat. What's wrong with that? Well, that's not the way that you're supposed to. Who are you, because of social media, to tell me that you have a degree from the Culinary Institute of America? You're not Wolfgang Puck. So who the hell are you to tell me that I can't cook a duck this way? Wolfgang Puck ain't getting on there going belding. You are an absolute ass jockey to freaking be cooking a duck that way. You know why? That's somebody that rides a donkey and kicks him like a jockey, right? Because <laughs> there's no consequence. There's no consequence for no, being an like asshole Mike Tyson on said, social media. Everybody's a tough guy until they get punched in the face. There's but no consequence on social media for being an asshole. No. None. Go on there and say, you know what? I'm going to be doing a public appearance this Saturday. Come over here and let's talk by the Traeger. They're not going to show no. up. No, they don't care. No, they're, no just, they're just on there. To, they're just on there to get your. But get those your are people, the people who are doing that instead. Like I watch a video like that and you know what I say? Good on you for eating what you harvest. It's great. But then you go to their account and you look at it, which I have sometimes. And you're like, you have 91 followers and 80 of them are your mom's friends. <laughs> like, it's crazy that you're on here going that you're they're saying that we suck at what we do. Jack, how ignorant do they have to be to tell us that we suck at what we do? Do we not work hard? Very hard. Okay, so we don't have anything to prove to anybody. No. But for some stranger to see a duck cooking video and and get personal with me that I am a slap dick. They need punched in the head. But I I'm, I'm not saying that I would do it. I would love to. I'd love to just box them all. Like just see who's got fast, quicker hands. 
and can punch fast. I'd love to see that because everybody's a tough guy. They think, oh, he's an idiot because There's he no could like that. There's no way he's a badass fighter. Well, let's roll a little bit. But you can't do that anymore because then what happens? Then that gets filmed. That gets big on social media. And then you lose every sponsor. And then it's, it becomes a, a public forum again. It's crazy. Like nobody is held accountable anymore for anything that we freaking do. Nobody. So that's why I was asking, revert, reverting back to my question. Are we putting too much time into these videos and into these photos? Because it really doesn't matter to impress this audience of strangers. That is an opinion, but it's a fact, Jack. It's a fact. That's Chad Belding's new book. My opinions are facts. Wow. It's an opinion, but a fact. To, yeah. It's my opinion, but it's facts. <laughs> no, my opinions are facts. facts. That's a perfect name for my new book. I'm going to write. Okay. That. I don't want Am I right, Eli? You want somebody on there telling you that you suck because you put up a cool picture of, of a dog running out and they're like, that dog's got a shorter right front leg. Da, 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 da. You should be ashamed. Like they'll find something wrong with it. And you put your heart and soul into that. And again, if you're putting it out there for people to see, you have to be able to shoulder that. I get that. I've put my body of work out there for, for two decades. My vision, my body of work, our teams. I'm used to getting the shit kicked out of me, but my point, my point is, is that they're really taking the time out of their day to type in and say something that is, I've never went to a Tom Cruise movie and said, Hmm, I'm going to go write that guy tonight. I'm going to go get in his, I'm going to go slide in his DMS and say, look, this top gun freaking movie you just made. What if you slid into Eddie Murphy's DMS and said, look, Eddie used to be funny. Ha ha. I'm Eddie Murphy. You make this coming to America part two. This is the biggest piece of shit I've ever seen. Even though I would never tell you that that movie's funny and that you would walk out if it had ever played in a theater, but luckily it was Amazon prime and you could just throw something at the TV and break the TV. So you didn't have to watch anymore because it hurt your eyes. I would never go on to Eddie Murphy's DMS and go, Eddie, that's the worst piece of shit I've ever seen. It's crazy to me that people take the time out of their lives to hit that comment button and fill it with negativity and pessimism. That's it's, crazy. It's a sad statement. We've had critics our whole life. Siskel and Ebert used to do this. You'd watch it every week. Now it's Rotten Tomatoes. It's 8.9. But I am not going to go listen to some audience of strangers that say my duck recipe sucks that they've never even tried because they hate, they hate what we do. And they become envious and jealous. And I think those are the two main things that have killed things in America and the world. Because of social media. Kids are depressed because the hot girls got more followers. Guys are guys are sad because they don't have as many likes on a picture as the Friday night quarterback got. Music artists have told me in Nashville they had to get rid of their social media accounts. Because they couldn't go on there and see the fame or stardom that somebody that came up at the same time of them in Nashville was getting. They got a bigger record deal. A bigger tour. A bigger opening act. They, 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 they had to leave the platforms. Because it was mentally and emotionally destroying them. They're losing their creativity because all they thought about was shit that they would never know about unless they were always on that Instagram looking. If you stay in your lane and you stay off of that shit, your health goes way up. But you asked the question, should we continue doing it? And let me say this. The answer is yes, and I'll tell you why. Because Chad, for every person who's making a nasty negative comment just to be a jerk, 
there's 20, 30, 40, 100 people who are watching it who might say, I'm going to try cooking duck the first time. I'm going to try hunting the first time. So the vocal minority who are being assholes are that. But the, the minority. Silent, but the silent majority is the one. The that's silent doing. majority is who you're doing it for. The silent majority. That one kid who says, Mom, Dad, I want to get my mentored hunting license and try duck hunting. I saw this guy cook this stuff and I want to try it. That's what we do it for. That's who we do it for. That's why we keep doing it. 100%. Not for the jerks who, who, who... My family lived through some absolute hell of people saying some really nasty crap during the in politics. the last year, during, during the last election race. But I'm going to tell you, for every person who's on there attacking, they're the ones who have rotten lives. They're the ones who feel crappy about themselves so that they have to try to put it on someone else. For every one of them, there's tens, dozens, hundreds of people who watch it and might say, I'm going to give it a try myself now, or I want to try hunting. That looks like something really cool that I could do. And do you wish it would go away? Some days I do. Some days I wish it would go away, but I'd, I'd do anything to wake up tomorrow and have every platform gone. They don't like us. They're not fair to us. Yeah, but we get shadow banned because we hunt. We get shadow banned because we believe in guns. But there's some kid out there who's not posting who might take up hunting. But but that's the same thing. But that's fine. But there's more negatives than, in my opinion, that come out of uh, the few positives that you're talking about. I'm not saying that you can't inspire somebody through TV or through a live event demonstration or a photo or a print ad, even the podcast like this is going to get more real. A hundred thousand million trillion billion billion trillion percent than social media ever could be. You want to be vulnerable? You want transparency? Have a freaking conversation with somebody. Instead of saying, you suck at duck cooking, come on there and say, hey, look, I would like to send you a recipe that I think you would better that and educate you on something to make that duck taste better. Instead of saying that I am Pee Wee Herman in an adult theater, pretty much, because I didn't leave the skin on the duck. That's crazy to me. You want to chastise me and make me feel this big over something that I was really proud of in the body of work. The people that say that that video sucks and that recipe sucks, you go on and you look at their pictures. They don't have the ability to ever get a video done like that. So, yes, we're putting ourselves out there and you're not supposed to care about the critics. It's bullshit. Every human being. Every human being does. Every Every athlete wakes up and wants to know what Chris Berman said about him. Yes. Or what what that uh, um, Max guy did that he was so critical of athletes. Max, the sports announcer on ESPN and Fox for years. I can't remember his name. Uh, Jim Rome. Sorry, Jim Rome. He used to rip athletes apart. Eminem. If you get mentioned in an Eminem song now, it's an honor. When he rips you, and, and roast you, it's an honor when Britney Spears gets roasted by Eminem now. They're like, that means you made it if Eminem's paying attention to who you are. No matter how bad it is. If they're talking shit about you, that means that you're doing something. That's right. People that hate aren't hating on people that aren't doing anything. It's as they're not going, time. They're not, get, they're not walking down the street to a homeless person and going, your Instagram sucks. That's the biggest piece of shit recipe I've ever seen. They're not doing that. They're, they're ripping on somebody that's doing something. People have always thrown rocks at the person at the top of the hill. They're always trying to knock you off that top rung, but always. they'll support you on the way up. Always. A lot of people support you on the way up. 
Look at him go. The little engine that could. Go, Johnny. Go, go, go. Then all of a sudden, Johnny's up there in the spotlight, and the money's coming in, and the endorsement deals are coming in, and they're like, oh, shit. Johnny's got a bigger house. We got to knock him off of that son bitch. Because when he was on his way up, he was just one of them. Even though in his mind, he's still one of them. Yes. They feel the separation because of envy and jealousy. There was no separation in Johnny's mind. There was no separation at all. He's he's down a lot because he has a hard time accepting the success. It's just as hard to accept success. It's harder to accept success than it is to accept to accept success than it is to accept failure. Failure is easy to accept. I think that's true. You got to be able to you be, we get beat up so much growing up in sports and ballet or whatever we compete in that if if you're failing if you're not failing and learning how to accept that by the time you're in your 20s something's up. You got to learn. You've yeah, got to learn. Yeah, that's cuz there is no success without failure. No, we fail our whole lives. But people that have success have a hard time accepting like do I deserve this? Why don't they have it? I got to invite everybody along. I got to take everybody with me. Right? That's it's hard to accept success for Johnny. I'm, t- I'm saying this for a friend. Is that how you say that? <laughs> um, it's hard to accept success. Because you got because you don't want to. You're just like, man, I still I'm still working towards the goal. That's why people that become successful don't stop, in my opinion. Of They're course. like, wait a minute, I haven't done shit. This is just the beginning. I don't even accept this as a success. I'm ready to go. And when you have that mindset, you you go the extra mile all the time because you're not satisfied with the success that you've reached. Hopefully that makes sense to y'all. It does, but one of the keys that you talked about is that no matter what degree of success you're attaining, you still always, or at least I think most people still think of themselves as Jenny from the block. You know, we're still, you know, the song. Like J-Lo? Yeah, like J-Lo's song. I'm just Jenny from the block. You still think of yourself as as everybody else, as you should grinding it out. Yeah, and most celebrities and that you, you meet get, still are like that. Sometimes I think celebrities get accused of being something by their fans or by their supporters on the way up, and they're still that hardworking of a person at that stage of the game. I mean, you know, we had a chance to meet Walker Bueller and, and Chase Rice. He brought on a couple hunts. And those guys were just phenomenally down to earth guys who just wanted to go hunt and eat some good food and have some belly laughs and, and cocktails. Yeah. You know, still are a hundred percent. Even after all the millions and all the fans right. and all the hits, they just, right. they're just dudes. I think there's some arrogance and confidence that, that you're going to face. But for the most part, the celebrities I've met, I've never, I've, I couldn't name three of them. If any, that you'd be like, wow, that's gone to their head. I think it's harder for them to accept it. I'm not saying that there aren't arrogant celebrities out there. There has been some Manny Machado, not saying any names. Um, but again, you don't, you're not in Manny's psyche, so you don't know why he acts like that. Barry Bonds was hated by the media in baseball. He was hated. Who are we to judge him? Just because you're the best there is, you have to be on all the time for the media. Maybe he didn't give a shit. Maybe he just wanted to go out and do his thing. 
We can't say he's an asshole of a guy because the media didn't vote him, vote for him. I'm not talking about the steroids and the Hall of Fame. I'm just making an example that Barry Bonds did not have a reputation as a good person with the media. But when you talk to Will Clark, unbelievable teammate. Hardest worker in the freaking room. Hardest worker. They're, they're three hours early every day, stayed late. He'd take batting practice after the game. We don't know that shit. We just judge people based on that or what the media perceives them as. And now this social media has made everybody critics, ambassadors, influencers, credible sources of information. Jack is like getting squirmish because I think that he acts like this a little bit on social media. Before I hired him, <laughs> I would see comments made by this kid named Jack Rolandi, the, the Italian stallion from Chicago. That was his handle. And um, he would say things that would weird me out. Like, your spaghetti sauce sucks. He said that to me one time. <laughs> he's, he's like, hey, your calzones look like shit. <laughs> and I could tell it was in that accent by the way he wrote it. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I could talk about this shit until I'm blue in the face. It started out as individuality and it went into some different things, but this is things that just cause we're duck hunters, this is like real life stuff that you're faced with and deal with all the time. Girls, duck lips, catfishing, sliding into DMS, getting a number the old traditional way, not being on TikTok famous, but working your way up in the honky tonks, you know, like you don't get to go become the best Madden Atari play. What is it called? The video games now? Atari? It was Atari when I was playing no, video games. I haven't played a video game since Atari and Mike Tyson's punch out on uh Nintendo. What is it called now? There's the Xbox and the PlayStation. Okay, those two. Could you imagine if I'm the baddest freaking Madden player here? Okay. Could you imagine Eli and some people like I got a fantasy football league, which is the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. That grown man will meet at a bar to draft football players and then watch their stats every week because it makes them closer to the game and they win a little bit. Fine, whatever, right? Could you imagine that you are the best fantasy football team in the country and all of a sudden Roger Goodell calls you and says, you're taking Peyton Manning's place this this week on Monday Night Football <laughs> announcing or you're coaching for Pete Fisher or what's the Seattle coach's name, Fisher? Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll. Pete Fisher's a guy at Yukonuba and Dogtra. Pete Carroll, you're taking his place on the sidelines tonight. He's not feeling too good. He's got a little bit of a sore throat, little frog in the throat, a little tickle. We need you to come down here to Seattle and you're coaching. Why is that? Because you're the best Madden Nintendo <laughs> player of all time. That shit don't happen. But now you could get a TikTok like and all of a sudden you're freaking Dean Martin. <laughs> Dean Martin and Frank Sinatra didn't have that shit. They had to get they had to travel. They had to play Sammy's showroom in Vegas and all the all over the world to get that accolade. Now, you make up some dumb shit and do some stupid-ass dance. Michael Jackson can dance. These people on Instagram or, or uh, Tic Tac, they cannot dance. Tic They can't dance. Tic Tac dancers. <laughs> if I see another soccer mom doing some shit at 7 in the morning because she made a bag lunch and her and her kids are happy, who gives a shit? Like Bill Burr says. 
If you tell me that's the hardest job in the world, oh my God, I got to wear sweatpants and bend over and change out the Barney DVD. That's not the hardest job in the world. <laughs> Told joke. But if you can't tell me that's good dancing, it's not entertaining. Why are we so enthralled with it? Why do we constantly go? And I've never, I can honestly tell you, I've never been on TikTok as like looking at accounts. I was on there with you guys when we started the foul life one, but I've never looked at an account and went, Oh wow. But I know people that go on there religiously every night. Are you one of them? Sometimes. Yeah. Why, why are we so enthralled with the, the short attention, the audience of strangers impressing us? Do we not have anything better to do? I mean, sometimes it's a good way to just free your mind and just... See you know what else is? Do. Reading Louis L'Amour books. They're great. Go read a Louis L'Amour book. I don't know who Louis L'Amour is, so... Look him up. And I promise you he never had a tic-tac. He had terrible breath. <laughs> it's a joke. But, Louis L'Amour, go, go look him up and educate yourself. Read John Steinbeck of Mice and Men. Read The Great Gatsby. Read Good Death movie. of a Salesman. Read books that make us who we are. There's a ton of books out there that you can read. Read the read read the read the art of negotiation on how to talk to people across the table and converse eye to eye. Not DMs, not sliding up in the DMs, not leaving a comment that you're not gonna be held accountable for on a on an Instagram post. Read books. No man, I gotta be on that phone. Here's another challenge for you. Every morning you wake up. You can't touch your phone for 90 minutes. No text, no emails, and definitely no social media. Well, uh, you know, my alarm's on there. Really? Get a real alarm. Hide your phone in another room, and when you wake up, go outside, breathe fresh air, put your bare feet on cold concrete, and let that freaking feeling radiate through your body. Go sit with your dog. Go sit in the hot tub. Go stand in the pool. Go get some coffee and sit up by a waterfall. And think scouting. about it. Go scouting. Do something. Don't get on your phone for 90 minutes. Could you do it every day? No. Because you think you need to be on there. Well, I mean, that, well, yes and no. I mean, there's other things that go along with on Okay, what if I though. said I don't need your your morning list for work? Could you go 90 minutes every morning without touching your phone? I don't Could know I? Hard. Yes. Would I? Want to? No. Why? What are you looking so forward to to seeing on that phone? That's so important that's going to change your life that day. I don't know. Because I promise you there's nothing that's going to come across that phone. It's almost like like watching the news in the morning. Instead of watching the news, I'll just go on Twitter. Not even close. I think it is. Not even close. I think it's more of a generational thing. Instead of watching the news, I go and watch Twitter. There's people my age. Our Jen, my assistant, does it every morning. Every night she falls asleep to TikTok. She's 40-something. See, I don't TikTok, but I'll Instagram and Twitter. Yeah. I mean, just I'll scroll on some sort of thing just to catch up with the news, so to say. Really? Because you care what's going on in the world, Eli? I mean, not necessarily world news. Oh, you're looking at sports highlights. I mean, that just For the fantasy. General, sports is news. Yeah, sports news. I mean, it's just like going to bed, leaving ESPN on before you go to bed or first thing in the morning, something like that. I could see that. Or, but why don't you just do that? Why don't you just turn on the booth? Because it's all in one. Because it's everything you care about in one platform. 
instead of just watching ESPN. Nowadays, I mean, how many people? At There's least no authenticity age? in that approach. There's no talent in that approach. Like when you watch a sports caster, talent. Sports, yeah, what when you, you watch a talent for when you watch a sports announcer like Dan Patrick do his thing, oh. it's intriguing. Chris Berman to listen to his sports cast is intriguing. Now you go on and you just scroll. There's no authenticity to that. I think you're taking the authenticity out of life is what you're doing through social media. There's no conversation anymore. 100% true. There's no authenticity in anything. We're, 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 we're turned on by a audience of strangers. We're trying to impress them and we're being turned on by them and enlightened by them. Really all that needs to go on is who gives a shit.com. Really? Like, why do you care if the Titans won tonight? Because we're super fans. And I'm not, I'm not saying that we're not sports fans, but I would be damned in my entire life if I cared who won a game. Because I was an athlete. I'd just been there, done that. I did that. I know what it's like to win. So here's another topic, Jack. Being from one of the sports capitals of the country with one of the best NFL football franchises in the history of the game, Jim McMahon, the Super Bowl Shuffle, William the Refrigerator Perry, Richard Dent. I'll go on and on about the Chicago Bears. One of the Bears. worst sports franchises. Whatever. Nobody had a rap song though, like that. They're they're one of the best franchises historically. Recent years. But why do not. you care, Eli? What is that going to do for you in life? To know to be a super fan of the Titans. Or the other teams that you cheer for. Who are, who's your baseball team? Red Sox. I'm a big Red Sox fan, yeah. So why are you a big Red Sox fan? Not that I care that why you are, but what does it do for you to know that no more Garcia Parra didn't make an error last night? Or that Wakefield threw an unbelievable knuckleball? <clears throat> I'm not saying that I don't. I'm simply asking the question like social media. Why do we care that the group in Texas killed a bunch of Sandhill Cranes? Why do we give a shit? Why do we care that the Red Sox just put nine wins in a row together? Why do we care that Eric Judge is gonna is hitting home runs? It's fascinating stuff to to, to us. It's fascinating. It, it, it entertains certain people. But what about going out and creating your own body of work and working on yourself more to become the best version of us, physically, mentally, compassionately, emotionally, and getting in the best shape of our life? Getting the best bang for our buck in life with this temple that we were given. Why do we give a shit about Eric Judge's temple? Why do we go and waste our brain cells on caring what he's doing? You know what I'm saying? I think it's more of a a fantasy kind of thing. In a sense to where you're just like, man, that would be awesome if I was the guy hitting... 58, 59, 60 home runs kind of thing. He, he just brought this entire conversation full circle. He said living vicariously. In fantasy. Living vicariously. But why don't you wake up and go else. get in the gym? And why don't we as a people to be able to go out and join the softball league and hit that many home runs and, and or be able to do that many pull-ups ourselves? Why do we care how many pull-ups Joe Rogan can do. Same, same exact thing. It's more of a, a fantasy type thing. But it's fake. Right. It's fake. It's a fantasy. Right. So why do we, why are we enthralled with this audience of strangers? Aaron judge doesn't give a flying rat's ass. If you watch a Yankees game, 
Not oh yeah he he's getting paid. So why are we watching what he does every night instead of going out and being like, dude, I want to learn how to hit a ball like that. I'm gonna go become the next home run champion in the in the city softball league. I'm gonna go become an unbelievable hitting coach, some somewhere. Or you your background is in football. I'm gonna go get in the best shape of my life. Like we just saw that guy on the the Bills on the TV. What was his name? Which one? The guy that did the speech at the beginning that oh, played a long uh, time ago. Bruce Smith. Bruce Smith. He looked great. He looked better than when he was playing. Yeah. Why do we settle for mediocrity in our body, our appearance, our health, our fat asses? But we'll go watch Aaron Judge work out and be like, oh my God, it's on it's on Instagram. It's got to be true. Why don't we watch Dwayne The Rock Johnson work out in what he calls the Iron Paradise and he says, I'm the hardest worker in the room. He's trying to motivate your fat ass and my fat ass. But we sit there and go, oh my God, he's working out. And then we scroll up to the next guy. Oh my God, he hit a home run. And at the same time, we're sitting there going, holy shit, my thighs are getting fat. I'm going to rip the ass out of these jeans. Eating all these hot dogs and nachos at this baseball game, watching this dude succeed. How many beers can I drink before they cut me off in the seventh inning? That's a crazy mentality. Because we're freaking working with an audience of strangers that doesn't give a shit. And I love sports, but I don't give a flying rat's ass to watch Aaron Judge hit a home run. Do I love going to a live baseball game and smelling that grass and hearing that man yell out peanuts, popcorn, hot dogs? Hell yeah, I do. I'm American. I love that shit. But I don't go there going, you suck. You, you know, I'm not one of them freaking cheeseheads. That was an insult. That was not right. I apologize. That was, not, that was a low blow. I did that not was mean not that. Not all right. I meant dickheads. I cannot stand a fan that yells and ruins the experience for the other people around him because he thinks that that player is going to hear what he says. That's a crazy mentality. And then we do it to our TV screens. Uh, Again, we, this is deep thoughts. And we do it from our basement on a computer. These these are my opinions, but. they're facts Eli Eli caught on real quick but it's true we're sitting here we're sitting here getting fatter and more out of shape watching a guy make 200 million in 5 years staying in shape with a personal nutritionist a personal chef a personal trainer somebody to get his his pants ironed somebody to go press his pants somebody to to pick his pants out and be his personal shopper but we're going to be like I can't afford pants. No shit. You've been wasting your time watching this dude succeed. And the crazier part is that guy wouldn't be making 200 million unless we did it. Somewhat. But there's a balance. My issue is that we go on and instead of becoming better, we warp our minds with all this shit. You're not getting better watching Aaron Judge hit. You're just thinking you're entertained. If you read a Louis L'Amour book or a history book or something about your lesson in oil and eating plastic when you're drinking, when you're eating certain types of oil in cooking and educate ourselves, we'd be a better person. So why are we so enthralled to put these pictures on social media and impress an audience of strangers? You know how many times I've been asked by my sponsors in 20 years? Almost 20 years. How many likes did you get on a picture? 
Zero. One time. By one sponsor. One. And it was happening in the last six months of 20 of this year. The last six months of sitting right here right now. One. And I'm sitting here going, hold hold that salmon patty so I can get that olive oil with that rub, with that bag of chips, with that freaking cup with my logo on it, all in the shot. I don't even enjoy the freaking dinner. I'm exhausted. Can't even chew by the time the salmon thing's ready. I'm sick of seeing the salmon because I've been filming it for an hour. What are we doing to ourselves? We're doing it for the person who is this too deep, makes Jack? the recipe. A little too deep for me. Really? I just live life. I don't get into this too much. You're on social media a lot. You're on your phone a lot. I'm not on social media that much. You're pretty much on there all day. No way. You're pretty good at it. But Eli admitted he's on there every night. So did you. I mean, yeah, I'll go on it at night before I go to bed. I usually fall asleep to a YouTube video. Does any does watching any of those sports motivate you to to get to be better at anything? Mm, nope. So how many times can we watch Aaron Judge hit a home run? Don't care to see that. I mean, how many times can we watch us shoot a duck on TV? <laughs> It's crazy. A duck's got a brain this big. You throw a mojo, some bitch comes to the peanut field like a freaking. I'm not even going to say it. I wasn't going to use my analogy right there. It would have been bad. But he comes straight to it. It's awesome, right? We got to we gotta be better than just, we're going to kill a duck. That's why we got to tell better stories. When I watch good storytelling on a television show, when I watch Shockey or. Um, the stories, the story that really touched me when you guys did the story with the man who was dying of cancer, who was on one of his last duck hunts, that motivates me. That does motivate me, but it's in the storytelling. I get motivated when I watch a good outdoor show to get the boots on when I'm tired and make sure I don't miss a day during the hunting season. Makes sense. But I don't think that you watch that to live through them vicariously. No. I think you're going to try to go out and better yourself through it. I want to better my, I watch that to better myself as a hunter. I think that we all watch sports. I know that we all do. I just think it's crazy how we watch sports and we don't get intrigued or influenced to go out and become in, unbelievably in shape people. If you're watching it, aren't you inspired? If you're inspired by the Yankees winning, Shouldn't you be inspired to look like Aaron Judge or become the best version of yourself like he is right in front of your face? Isn't that what we're supposed to look at athletes for is our heroes? Aren't they our heroes? That's But that's what being a fan, being a fan is an ad hoc, being an ad hoc member of the organization, of the community, and feeling and enjoying the success that that team is having. That's what being a fan, which is short for fanatic, is. You believe in the fact, you believe in the concept that you are part of that team's success. You enjoy that success alongside of them. But. I love drinking water out of a canteen. Makes that little sound. Um, We'll end it by saying this. I understand what a fanatic is and a fan. But there was a time when you would watch some highlights 
and that was it. Now we're enthralled. Our video games are so realistic, they look like you're on the field. Everywhere you turn, there's sports tickers and sports casting, 24-hour sports. And then you turn on your phone like Jack, and you got Twitter, and you got this, and you follow this, and you're it's just oversaturated, maximum overdrive. And it's like, what are we really doing to ourselves? If you wake up in the morning and you don't get up and do jumping jacks and push-ups and breathe, and make you get the day going and your body moving. Like Jack will wake up and roll out and he's doing all this weird stuff tonight. He's moving weird. He's kind of got the centipede going tonight. Slithering around like a snake on the couch because he's uncomfortable. His back's hurting him a little bit because he's working. That means we got to wake up and do more to protect ourselves. Be better. Get our core stronger. Get our balance better. Get our mind right. Make our mind stronger. But what do we do? Holy jeez. Holy. And we just do this. That's fucking, it's nuts to me. It's nuts. And am I guilty of it? Hell yeah. I'm not sitting here on a soapbox saying I don't do this. I keep saying we. But why? I don't know because it's sad living life in two dimensions on a three inch by seven inch screen versus three dimensions in a world that surrounds you. Yeah. I don't know why. Look at any picture. Look at any concert that you go to. And people are watching it like this. On their phone. Are you kidding me? While they're at the concert. Show me one person that gives a flying rat's ass to see that video after you record it. Am I guilty of doing it? Yep. And I'm like, I'm branding. This guy's on our playlist. That's my excuse. No, I'm fucking missing an unbelievable show because I'm going, all right, I'm going to get the percussion and then I'm going to slide this way and I'm going to get his boots walking on the catwalk and then I'm going to come up to him with the microphone. And you're going to be like, why are we paying money to go to a concert? To film it. And then you take it to the next step and you go on. I'm a Guns N' Roses fanatic. Is that what you call them? Fan. You go on Guns N' Roses and you watch the story. I don't want to go to a concert anymore. It's all on there. The playlist, the set list, the, the voice, the sound check. You're like, there's no anticipation anymore. If we watch that shit constantly. If you watch Guns N' Roses feed... You don't ever have to go to a concert again. There's not going to be any surprises. It used to be like lights going down. From Los Angeles. That used to just blow my mind when I'd hear that. And now it's like, well, I just watch it. Rock and Rio, Rio de Janeiro last week. I don't ever have to go to another Guns N' Roses show as long as I live because every week, Megan Hodges slash his girlfriend is filming all these videos from the side stage. And you're seeing it unless what you discipline yourself not to watch it and swipe through it and go. I can't wait for guns and roses to come close enough so I can go see them. I can't wait for my gym to open so I could go become a, a better version of myself. Like Aaron judge. I can't wait to go to the fly shop tomorrow to become a better caster instead of watching this dude in Montana every day on social media. I'm going to become a better duck caller tomorrow instead of just watching all this shit doing it and then go on there and send a comment that you're the worst mallard chef in the world. Cause you can, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong and maybe Jack is right to be like, I really wish that this house would fall in on Chad's head and kill him right now to stop this podcast. So I could get the F out of here and go get on social media. Cause that's really what he's doing. He's like, I got to get to my phone. It's like heroin. 
It's like Heron. He's freaking out right now because he doesn't know if – who's a quarterback today? Someone turn the know, AC on, please. I am sweating. <laughs> I'm gonna die in here right hey, now. I'm in a hoodie and I'm chilling. You can't, Holy you cow. can't, you can't help yourself. You can. You're so excited to see what your fantasy team did tonight. The players on the still. It's like, who gives a shit? Dot com. I'm not saying you personally. I'm talking about these people that do this shit. You're gonna have a fantasy. It even says the word fantasy in it. There was a time when people would go to fantasy league and baseball and dress up in the uniform and get to go play with their heroes. You know, you get to do that for a day. That's cool. That's neat to fly into Arizona and be like, oh my God, George Brett's here. I'm on, I'm, I'm in the fantasy team with George Brett and I'm playing with ex Royals. That's cool. But now we're sitting on a phone going, he ran for 217 yards tonight. I got four and a half points for that guy. I just won $7. <laughs> Who gives a shit.com go out there and freaking compete with him. I don't know. Is that looking into it too deep? Joel? Oh, wait. No, he grabbed the mic for a reason. Did you have a, a comment? Yeah, so this was back on the whole like so, like phone thing at concerts or sport events. So this was a couple years ago. There, It was a picture of Tiger Woods uh, at the tee box. And everybody in the picture behind him is on their phone holding it up. And there's this one guy holding the beer. No phone. He's just holding his beer, just enjoying the moment. He ended up getting a con- like a sponsorship or contract with... Michelob Ultra or whatever. Uh, but the big thing about it was he was the only one in the photo besides Tiger Woods. That, without a photo. Without his phone. So, and you could kind of point him out pretty easy, which one he is. In, uh, but it's just the fact that you can see everybody. I mean, you've got guys reaching over top of people. No clue if they've got the shot on their phone. Isn't, that, isn't that crazy? And it's just like, and the the point of it was that they're making it to where everybody is not enjoying the moment. Everybody's on their phone, videoing, photo, whatever. And he's just, just like you're not enjoying the sun coming up in the morning and putting your feet on the ground because we jump on our phone and live through other people and wonder what other people are doing. That video that those men took at that tournament is not going to be any different than the highlight. It's going to be less exciting than the highlight video you can watch on your other ESPNs or Fox Sports or whatever it is. Plus, when you get back to the house and you go, hey, honey, come look at this, she's going to go, I don't give a shit because I saw that last night on the same, he's wearing the same red Nike deal. He's got the same clubs with the same black pants with the same shoes, same Tiger swing. I'm going to be sitting there going, holy shit, this freaking Tiger Woods. I don't need to record it. I wish we had that discipline. There was a time where Derek Jeter would not allow phones when he was playing. He would not allow phones into his parties. You had to check them at the door. There was concerts this year that you couldn't bring your phone in. You know why? A lot of comedians are doing this because they're going to, they sign these Netflix deals now. So you have to check your phone in and get, get frisked. So you don't go put it out there on the internet to where their jokes get out there before their internet special rolls out their $25 million Chris Rock Netflix special that you couldn't make anybody laugh. Like it's the worst shit I've ever heard in my life opinion, but fact. Um, my point is, is that nobody's going to care about that video on your phone of Tiger Woods. No matter how cool you think it is that you're at that concert, no matter how close you are. And I've done it. I've been on stage with 
Kid Rock or Zach Brown or whoever. And I'm filming them with the audience out there. And not one person has ever wrote me back and went, I want to pay you big money to stand back there and film for Zach Brown. We're going to give you a huge contract because you were on that stage. We are actually want you to come be the front man of poison because Brent Michaels can't sing anymore. <laughs> Nobody's ever done that to me. So why did I do it? Why did I take the time to take that video and then put it on social media? Because I know Zach Brown who gives a shit. It's not out It's not authentic anymore. I always tell people, I don't give a shit that your kids took its first steps. I think it's crazy that moms go, first day of school, look how cute they are. How come you just don't text that picture to your mom? Nobody else gives a shit that your kid wore this shirt to school today. (laughs) But you go through these feeds and everybody's like, oh, first day of school, we better put this shit up there. No, it doesn't. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody gives a shit. But we do it. We're enthralled with it. And you're just like, and then as hunters, as hunters, we are seriously like putting it out there. Like, look at all these ducks. I'm an individual and we killed the living shit out of it. Really? Now you look like an idiot with seven limits of ducks around your neck on a strap. And you're just one person. Well, there's the photographer too. Well, that's just two people. You got 60 ducks. (laughs) So now you're breaking the law. We're doing that shit. It's impressive, right? I better get a picture of this. It's nuts, man. The world that we live in right now of self-gratification, of having to put our business out there and air it out there, is absolutely mind-blowing to me. It's even as far as people saying, pick or it didn't happen. Pick or it didn't happen. Need proof. Need proof. No, I don't. I know what happened. I know what happened. Like, I wouldn't go to a Nickelback concert and then put a video out there and prove to the world that I was at a freaking Nickelback concert. I don't want to get ridiculed for being at a Nickelback concert. Okay, so why do we do it when it's a good band? People are going to write in on that too because people love Nickelback, okay? I know you do, Jack. I get it. <laughs> See, you do, Eli, huh? Maybe you all just we... want to be rock stars. Hey, just this is coming from the guy that was going to put ketchup on the salmon patty tonight. Hey. <laughs> I had to tell him, you're not putting ketchup on a salmon cake. You're not doing it. <laughs> Yeah, like tomatoes. You would have made you would have made salmon taste like tomatoes. Jack is like squirming. Will you hit that AC Joel behind you? I it is so hot in here, and my it's, back is killing me. Oh man, I feel for you. You want to go work out? Want to no. roll out? Yeah, maybe roll out and get some cold air. I'm sweating. Um, so I guess people could hear this and be like, "You do it too." I'm not saying I don't. I'm just asking simply. Why are we proving ourselves to an audience of strangers? Who am I to think that anybody that pays attention to anything that we do would give a flying rat's ass if I was at a Kid Rock concert? The, the bottom line answer to this, Chad, is because we should do a better job of not caring what other people think, but we do care what other people think. What do you mean? We care what other people think. We should do a, a much better job of not caring what other people think. I don't care what people think. But you're asking, why do we do it? We do it because we care what other people think. And we want other people to think we're killing more ducks. Is that why we only put the good stuff up yes. on the, on the yes. gram? Yes, 100% why. You put anything bad on the gram, Jack? 
bad? No. You I don't? put ducks and I post videos of ducks and geese. That's just about it. And you and your lady now. Yeah, I mean she's got one picture on there. About to be two, I heard. I don't know. I want to put, hey, that solo goose coming in is screaming to be posted on my Instagram. <laughs> oh, he's not. He's dead. <laughs> I made a comment yesterday in front of Joel, and he got so mad at me. Oh, boy. When geese come in and they land, and then you follow them up with 30 of them behind them, I shoot the geese in the air. He says... I'm the one that shoots the ones jumping off the ground. I said, you're not supposed to do that. And he goes, what do you mean? I said, you tricked them. They landed. That's it. It's a cat and mouse game. You let them go. Just like a bunch of mallards come in and they sit down in the water. You don't go, okay, guys, get them and jump them up and start shooting them. They're done. You let them go. So I told him, I said, that's the ethics of waterfowl hunting. You don't have a turkey fly up into a tree and then go over there and go and shoot them out of the tree to let them fall. You don't see a pheasant on the ground eating gravel for his gullet and his digestive system and get up there and just like psh, psh, and shoot the pheasant. No, you get a point dog, jump that <laughs> bitch up, rooster, psh, let the dog go get him, bam, brings him back, cook the bitch. Most people put it in cream and mushroom soup, but that just ruins pheasant. That's gross. There's better ways to cook pheasant. So I told Joel, Joel, you don't shoot the birds getting up. And he said, you're out of your freaking mind. He got mad. Like literally one to five. not get mad. <laughs> I don't find any ethical problem whatsoever. If you land a goose, you are doing the ultimate good job fooling Mother Nature, which is what waterfowl hunting is to me. And you shoot it while it's back flapping. When it takes off from the ground, you shoot the ones that are coming. You're wing shooting it. You really are. There is no ethical. You're that die hard. You're that die hard to kill a goose on that flock that you got to kill one that landed and jumped up. That's not a sporty shot. Sporty shot have, is when they're coming and they're dipping, they're diving, they're they're bowing up, their feet are out. Yeah, that's fantastic. Jack, would you shoot a goose that jumps up when the flock's coming in? Would you wait for the ones to jump up and key in on those? Because his words verbatim were, nobody else does it. I always sneak in there and I get the ones I never out. said I always sneak in anywhere. Oh, yeah, you did. <laughs> to I me, you can kill a bird however the hell you want to. Even a turkey in a tree? Uh, you like to walk over a little knob and jump shoot a bunch of geese that are sitting on a pond dude, if you want if that's what you got to do to kill some geese and go ahead not everyone has the red carpet laid out and have freaking hunt 50 honkers landing in their decoys some people got to take what they can get it's true but like, they could get there if they work hard stay off the insta- stay off the gram let me ask become you a, a better question. hunter if you have five geese coming into a spread and their boots down canteen and those geese are boots down and they're one foot above the ground and they're going to land what is the difference if you shoot them then or if they land and take back off and you shoot them when they're a foot off you're the asking ground, me what the difference taking is taking off you're asking me what the difference is yes because they haven't landed i simply said that once they land they're fair game to leave they're not they're not shootable anymore I, I you don't let a you don't let a you don't let a mallard I fail to see you don't let a mallard land in the decoys and then scrape him. You Arkansas duck? You're I do not different? shoot. I don't well, there's shoot. No difference than letting him going. Hey, hey! Now if you got a kid in there and it's his first duck and he and he didn't get his gun up in time and you jump him up, but when you're almost sixty like you, Joel, you don't need to scrape <laughs> a duck on the water. Okay. 
pheasants on the ground and gets kicked up by a dog totally and you different. shoot it. That's, that's the pheasant's home is the ground. You don't shoot him when he's running on the ground. You shoot no. him when your dog points him and then he flushes him or she flushes him. Maybe they don't point him. Maybe they just flush I him. I don't see an ethical difference from shooting a, a goose one foot from the ground if he's about to land or if he takes off from the ground and you shoot him. Eli. You're telling me you have never shot a goose that's been on the ground and taken off. I would not put my hand on a Bible and say that because I don't know, but I could tell you that I don't ever try to maybe like one got up and I wasn't paying attention. I'm thinking he's part of the flock, but I don't say what you said and be like, okay, I got eight on the ground, four of them over here. Harry and Clyde are right behind the decoy right there. And I got Jesse and Sylvia right over here. As soon as Chad says, take them. I know everybody's going to be shooting at the ones 10 to two. I'm going to let Jesse and Sylvia get up and I'm going to wax that ass. I don't think like that. I look at the ones in the air, take them, boom, boom, boom. And I transition from shot to shot to shot. It never goes through my mind. Okay, there's some on the ground. I'm going to kill the ones on the ground. I'm not that hungry. I kill enough just letting them come in and killing them the right way. Not that it's I'm talented. I'm just saying that I get, like what Jack said, I have ample opportunity to kill them when they're floating into the decoys. I am not going to use one of my birds in my limit, my daily limit, to let him jump up just to kill a goose. That's not sporty. You're just doing it because you think you're hungry. You eat every goose you kill. I love that about you, Joel. But you're also a good enough goose hunter to let that one go because you tricked him and then trick him again tomorrow. And then let the next flock come, call at him, and now you got more opportunities to showcase your skill set because it takes no talent to shoot that bird when he jumps off the ground. It's like shooting fish in a barrel. Unless you just want a pile pick, and I don't need a pile pick. I guess I do because I, I don't took... Care. Took I don't 20 care minutes about to set limits. one up yesterday. And I never care about limits. You know what I, I did on that pile pick? Limits. I put federal black cloud boxes and Benelli shotguns on them. What an asshole. Because I wasn't there. Not one time has federal <laughs> called not one time has federal called me up and said, Hey, can you send me that picture with all the federal boxes all over the dead geese? Not once. Why did I take the time to set that picture up? I don't know. It was beautiful. <laughs> because you're making a memory of the experience. But it wasn't it good enough with all of them laying on their back with 10 rows and we're like 30 yards back there. Like those pictures to kill me. I hate those pictures. The rows. I hate the rows. Hate the oh rows yeah. The too. row, the rows are not, where you look like at the, the front row of geese all in focus. And then all the guys, you can't even tell who's on the hunt. I Might think, as well be on one of those shows where they, where they were the member the to catch a predator and they would put this thing <laughs> over the person's face. <laughs> I, I think the only time those are a, an appropriate, so to say photo is when you have like a big number of snow geese. Because then it's like, that's the only time where it's really like appropriate, so to say, because there is no limit. There is no specific count needed to prove that, hey, we did this. You just line them up, rows of 10 and or 20 or 15 or however you want to line those up. That's the only time I think it would be somewhat appropriate to do the, the row style photo for, for pile picks. Hmm. I agree with that, but I just, it's just, I don't know. There's, if you're going to take a picture, it's either a couple geese, you hold them up and they look cool. I just want to get out of that mentality that you have to show the whole pile in every picture. That's a weird, weird mindset to me that we're doing that. A deer hunter has one deer. A goose hunter has 60 candidates in there. Why? Do you need that? Do you need that? Does that make for a better memory? If you show a pile pick, the first thing we do after the hunt, we start getting all the geese out. Uh, everybody bring me their geese. Got to have them all together. 
Why? You can't tell if there's 48 or 70 in there. You really can't. So why are we doing it? Am I thinking too deep again, Jack? Yes and no. Eli just said it 30 seconds ago. He said to prove you did. Eli just said that. Prove I did what? To the proof. I know, but I know that we do it. We live the life every day. We just cooked salmon tonight. We ate Canada goose and speckle belly goose yesterday. We ate 4-H pork yesterday. We're eating alligator and Canada goose nachos and Canada goose liver pate tomorrow. With what else? Alligator and cheese curds and walleye. We got all this stuff going on. We live the life every day. Why do we got to have 60 picks, 60 geese in the pick? It's nuts. It's weird. I think it's mostly just to tell, tell a story and have a memory. That's. But why can't you do it with three geese? Because people are going to be like, man, that hunt really sucked. There's 11 of you in the picture. You're all smiling, but you only got three geese. No, it was actually an unreal hunt. Because we, we're smacked, sus- the sh- we smacked the shit out of them. But my forearms were so tired from bringing my Benelli up, I didn't have any strength left to carry the geese over there. Because we're human beings and we're susceptible to critical nature of people, which is much easier to be with social media. Criticism's much easier on social media. We're human beings who are susceptible to criticism. I think at the end of the day, we all have the ability to just delete the comment if we really wanted to. If it really just grinded our gears that much, it takes two seconds to delete the comment that made us... If a comment makes you mad, then something else is wrong, in my opinion. But Yeah, but human nature, yeah, everybody feels bad when people are saying crap about them. Oh, yeah. It's not that you get mad or that it hurts you. It's that you want to... Like if I see somebody graffiti a wall of somebody's private property, I want to break their wrist. Is that bad to say? I don't like that. I don't like the fact that we think we can get away with everything. Jack, is it okay to go into somebody's estate that they've built? Your mom and dad take pride in their yard, their fence, their property. That's their humble abode. They come home one day, their house is toilet papered and freaking graffiti all over the fences. Is that okay? Or do you go and take care of business? You got the last name, Orlando. You call somebody, what do you do? (laughs) But no, being I got a couple uncles. Are are we being held? Are we being (laughs) held accountable? No, that's messed up. Definitely. I just call Uncle Donnie and Uncle Fabio and, you know, we'll take care of it. Now now the feds are going to show up. (laughs) He's making cement shoes at his house. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I did. I put eggs on a dude's chrome bumper one time named Jeff Schultz, his dad's, and literally almost (laughs) got killed. I was sixth grade, 11 years old, and I the egg yolk will will strip chrome. The acid's in it. And he come unglued. If I wasn't as tough as I was as a sixth grader and I whipped his ass when he talks back, it would have been ugly. Anyway, we're trying to prove our, a lot to people that we don't know. And when we go in that box, when we go in that urn and they put us underground and they read our eulogy, nobody's going to go. Man, he posted some sick ass pics to the Nobody gram. Nobody cares. Or goddamn, his pile pics were unreal. Goddamn, have you seen his freaking game room? He's got more one eighty bucks than anybody ever. No, they're gonna say, you know what? That dude was unbelievable to have in camp. He was funny. He made coffee every morning. 
he would freaking make sure that your biscuits and gravy were hot when we got back from the high. That's what they remember. No question. Not, wow, man, his his feed chatter was, uh, or what do you call it, a chuckle? Chuckle. His chuckle was unbelievable. They don't give a shit. That's my whole point in the Aaron Judge deal. I don't care. I want to go hit a home run. I'm going to go get better. Might not be a home run, but I'm going to hit a home run in life. That's the ticket, Eli. Waking up and not getting on this little, whatever this thing is. Three you ever seven. heard Don Williams sing about good, good, good old boys like me? And he's holding the transistor radio in his bed at night because his mom and dad are sleeping. He doesn't want them to know he's still awake. And he's listening to Wolfman Jack, the DJ, play country songs and talk about life. And he wants to grow up to be like Walter Cronkite and talk on the news and be able to do that and be a, a DJ and a, a news anchor. You guys ever heard that story? No, because now all the songs are about some chick in cut off jeans dancing on a tailgate in a county in Georgia where they're about to have a fight with the county next door because they pissed each other off because one truck was bigger than the other one, right? That's what country music's become. Here I go again on another rabbit hole, but I'm not going to go down that road, okay? But again, <laughs> country music used to tell stories where you'd be like, oh my God, Wolfman Jack, who's he? Good old country boys like me. I used to run with the kid down the road, but he burned himself up on speed. Told stories. Stories. Listen to those songs. Read those Louis L'Amour books. Watch those freaking Clint Eastwood movies. Not Kevin Hart. That dude ain't funny. I respect his work ethic. But he ain't he ain't that funny. I promise you. Watch a Clint Eastwood. Watch the outlaw Josie Wells. Watch True Grit with John Wayne. Watch cool. the Cowboys. Cool Hand Luke. Watch Cool Hand Luke. Watch Lonesome Dove. That's Robert Redford, right? No, that's uh, Paul Newman. Paul Newman. What we've got here is a failure to communicate what, what we have here is what we've a got here to communicate preaches the way he wants well he gets um if you ever listen to the beginning of guns and roses civil war from the 1991 92 album use your illusion 2 with the blue cover You'll hear Cool Hand Luke cool go, hand Luke. what we've got here is the failure to communicate. No, that was a Jack Nicholson voice. I eat my breakfast 300 yards from men that are trained to kill me. So don't think for one second that you're going to come down here in your white uniform and tell me how to run. Remember that? What movie? Uh, don't tell me. Did you order the code red? You're going right. I ordered the code red. One of the greatest scenes in the history of Tom cinematic. Cruise. Yep, Demi Moore, Demi Moore, Kevin Bacon, yep, Kiefer Sutherland, and Jack Nicholson. Don't tell me. The initials of the words in the title I, I, are I, I, A F G M. A few good men. Yep. See that that would be like the twenty five thousand dollar pyramid with Dick Clark, where you can't say the word but you right. give a clue. Bam! We just want some money. What are you laughing at, Eli? <laughs> Everything at this point. So again, <laughs> maybe I do. Maybe I am thinking too deep, and that like right now, like this kid is like I. He is literally like playing strip poker. Every time I say a word, he takes off. He started in what a hoodie. He started in a hoodie, pants, belt, shoes. Are you now getting sick? Why are you so hot? What sock? <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> What is wrong, dude? I've never. How 
I'm sweating horribly. My back hurts. Is it because we brought up the picture on the gram with you and the lady? Are you nervous no, of something you said on here? I'm so uncomfortable right now. I've been on this couch for too long. <laughs> he has not stopped squirming. Dude, I can't stop moving right now. Eli's, Eli's taking my spot, podcast world. I'm signing off. <laughs> You're out of here? Where are you going? I'm, good. I'm, I'm just messing around. Yeah, because we got two more episodes to do tonight. All right, in that case, I'm signing off. Uh, it's been a good two and a half hours. This episode? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. It was it was like still half time. Maybe that's why I'm squirming. <laughs> so did we <laughs> did we settle anything? Not one thing. Not one? I don't know. So are we, we gonna do a better jobs of staying off our phones? I mean in our line of work it's so hard. Not really. What do you gotta yeah, do on your phone? Is. We're always. I'm not saying communication. We're always communicating. Communication's fine if you're talking on the phone. That's normal. But well, I'm talking about living through the fake oh. audience, the audience of strangers. Are you gonna do a better job, Joel, of not caring what's going on on Snap or Chatter? Yeah, or I don't care. When I get up in the morning, there's two things I do. I don't get on my. Phone. I don't care about your 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 feces. Are you gonna tell me that? No. I get up and I'm dressing to get out the door in 15 minutes to to hunt. Or I'm dressing to get out the door in 15 minutes to scout in the morning. I don't look, care about my phone in the morning. Don't care. You can't scout on your phone. I like that. Jack, what did you learn? And what are you going to change after this podcast? Besides not podcasting anymore. <laughs> what did I learn? You look like Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers right now. That's how Flea would dress right there. Who's that? From, From the, the Simpsons. Simpsons. Oh, yeah, he does. Simpsons has been on like 40 years. Longest running television. I don't know if history. I'll be on my phone any more or less. Because I don't think I'm bad at it. So. Oh, my gosh. What? Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's Ned Flanders. See if there's a picture. Damn, of I'd kill to have a short. stash like Ned Flanders. Are, you're really going all out with this stash? I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna ride it out, rock it with the mullet when it comes in. Well, that was fun. I learned a lot. Maybe, maybe we do. Whoa, maybe we do think too deep, Joel, or maybe we are getting old. Obviously, one of us is older than the other by a lot shot, long shot. But what the way we think and the way that I was brought up and the way you were brought up, I feel in my heart that we were parented the right way. That we grew up in the greatest time in the history of the world. No question. Whether it's art, music, TV, computers, no social media, public school systems, everything was awesome. Nuclear family. Nuclear family. Dinner was on Sunday night. Yep. Eating around the table and talking at night. Um, making parents that made sure that we did that. That's right. Going and riding your bike down a road, not worry about getting in the bad shit that happens today. Do you remember just praying to, that those streetlights didn't come on? Oh yeah. Once they you came had to on, home. you had to go home. I love the summertime and slumber parties Playing and baseball across the street and trying to Ollie on my skateboard and sucking awesome. so bad at it. But watching Tony Hawk on a bones brigade, Palin Peralta freaking video and being like, I want to be Caballero or Lance mountain, yep. Christian Hasoy or Tony Hawk, Mike McGill. 
We said it all. We said a lot tonight. What does Howard Stern say? I used to listen to Howard a lot before he started talking the way he does now. You said it all. You said it all, Jack. That's what he would say to his guest. You said it all. He used to be the best. Now I can't stand him. And Robin, that goes for you too. I think you were the downfall of the Howard Stern show. She's not good. Baba Bowie, he's good. Sal, the stockbroker. Who are the other ones? Fred, used to be Jackie. Artie Lang was no longer on there. Richard Christie's the drummer. Hilarious. Shuley. I don't know a lot of them, but I don't like Robin. Do you? Joel, are you a Robin fan? She's fine. I didn't listen to Howard Stern all that Oh, much. you didn't? I didn't. Are we good with this this discussion? I think we've covered Do you have anything to add, Jack? No. Other than you, sweat. You feel better now? It's starting to cool off. Yeah. You feel it? I feel it a lot. Do you mind putting some clothes on? No. Nobody wants to fight to the put... naked guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's Rodney Carrington. Hilarious comedian from Oklahoma. No one wants to podcast with the naked guy. Well, I don't know about that. Name one. You brought it up. Can you please stop stealing hats out of the shop? It's a vortex. Bought hat. that from Shields. No way. Can you believe that? Why would Couldn't you buy even that? get a hat from our sponsor? <laughs> you took everything out. You and Joel <laughs> took more vortex shit out of their headquarters last year. Sawyer called me. He's like, bro. Joel had like nine boxes that going out the front door. Remotely true. Well, according they said they got video of it, just like this place is filming everything you do. That place that is was not even remotely true. I was incredibly humbled by the fact that they gave us anything. Sawyer says that you did at least almost four grand in merch that you took. Joe oh, Chad, that's incredible. I had a if shirt you need and a hat. To, if you need a hat, just ask. Oh my goodness sakes. That is anything to add, Eli? Not true. Do you want anything in conclusion, Jack? No. Joel, any closing <laughs> this words? This is the longest close out of any podcast I think I've heard so far. <laughs> Dude, that's not what we're going for. This was a conversation of things that were on our mind. These are opinions of mine, but they are facts. My opinions are facts. That's the name of the book. <laughs> To you, I'm sure they are. You know they are, Joel. Come on. Axl Rose, the best singer of all time? Fact. Just happens to be my opinion. In a certain <laughs> genre, I'll agree with you. Oh, shit. You said the sticks were good. Gee, anybody the that goes, everybody got though, Mr. Roboto. Bon Jovi's one of the top three worst bands of all time. Nickelback, Bruce Springsteen, Bon Jovi. Oh, my gosh, you're right. The people that stuffed our iPhones with their songs. Bono sucks. Is he bad? Pretty pretty bad. Pretty bad. Wait, who's the worst band of all time? The worst Wiggles. band of all time? Who? Beatles? The Wiggles. Oh, the Wiggles. <laughs> <laughs> is uh, that that kid's band? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Leave it, it to Eli cold to say the Wiggles. Spaghetti. Cold spaghetti, cold spaghetti. I don't think they're the worst. I don't think they're the worst. You don't? No. I'm not a Beatles fan, though. Ugh. Beatles? I really don't. They got some Beatles. good songs, though. They got a couple they of good songs. They have a few good songs. But they just revolutionized 
they didn't revolution. They were just so trendy at the time. When they come over from Britain, they were worldwide success, man. Crossing that pond. I like Let It Be. I think that's a great song, Joel. Yeah, so do I. I like Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. My, no. Nope. Lucy I, I don't in like the any Sky. Of that drug stuff. That, eh. You don't like Pink Floyd? No, I'm not a Pink Floyd fan. Do man. not like Pink Floyd. No, they're and they're they're when one Pink of the Floyd pays a concert. I have t- they might as well hand out razor blades. That stuff's so depressing. Wow, he went Whoa. there. You mean to cut up drugs or to kill yourself? It's <laughs> just just depressing. Pink Floyd is oh thoroughly depressing. Yeah, I'm not they a play fan. All those minor chords. I'm not a big fan of the Who either. I'm not a huge the fan Who. Of the who? The Who. The band The Who. <laughs> not not. All right, only because Jack Orlandi said he'll call his uncles if we don't end this episode. (laughs) (laughs) I'm in pain. This episode is brought to you by Flask Cap. I'm holding one right now, the new Foul Life Edition. Check out flaskcap.com, the Matic 6, the Matic 9, the Tumblr Cup. Get your personalization on there. Get your engraving, your name, your initials, your brand, whatever it takes to make it yours. I love these. I've got a ton of pride in them. They just make sense, whether it's the the beach, the boat, where they don't allow bottles or glass. It's a perfect accompaniment to anything that you do any time of year. I can't wait to have hot cider in there. Hey, what about Bailey's and coffee during the Christmas break? Jack, how good is that going to be? You're not a Bailey's guy. You're not a coffee guy. God, these young kids. Today's episode of the Foul Life Podcast is also brought to you by Mountain Ops supplementation the renew i love staying fresh staying clean the blaze i love everything that they're making all of their proteins all of their bcaas all of their energy drinks all of their pre-workout post-workout mountain ops look no further than becoming a better version of yourself working out fitness get into it you want a long hunting career we got to stay in the best shape possible, and we rely on Mountain Ops to help us get there. Today's episode of the Foul Life Podcast is also brought to you by Dickies Workwear. We're doing a big photo shoot tomorrow and the next day for Dickies. Their new clothing, their new offering, their new portfolio for 2023 available at your local retailer is absolutely next level. Flannels, corduroy, all of your different work pants, construction pants, overalls, coveralls denim their new denim tops and jackets i'm looking at two of them right now dickie's workwear thank you for believing in the culture of the american hunter fisher outdoorsman conservationist gatherer provider it's dickie's workwear and finally last but not least this episode of the foul life podcast is brought to you by the part family ray ray stefano what's up everybody napa valley olive oil we rely on them not just to cook with but to just flavor our food Put it on your fried eggs. Put it on your scrambled eggs. Put it in your soups. Put it in your gravies. Put it in your sauces. We just did some salmon tonight with it. Blew my freaking mind. Napa Valley Olive Oil, the store in Napa Valley, the North Bay area of California. Salamis, Parmesan cheeses, all of your Italian meats, anchovies. Unbelievable selection of all of your different infused oils, garlic, lemon, orange. Unbelievable assortment of balsamic vinegars. The Particelli family, Napa Valley olive oil, right here in America, the Italian influence. Thank you for being the official Italian food and olive oil of the Foul Life Television and the Foul Life Podcast. We know we went long. We apologize if you didn't like it. Hopefully, y'all can get through that. 
For Eli, for Jack, for Joel, I'm Chad. Thank you all. Here's 2AM Logic. The song is called My Foul Life. Soul, I'm riding hard and never quit.